You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello everybody and welcome once again to the Oz Network as you are tuned into the film arm of the Oz Network, not the actual arm because we don't have an arm of a podcast, it's a section where we talk about films, funnily enough, and today we are very excited to be talking to you about a guilty pleasure section of our podcast as we bring you a recap, our thoughts and everything else in between on the 2000 film The Sixth Day starring Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger and apparently that is my worst ever version of an Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation. Uh, the movie that absolutely bombed at the box office, the movie that was nominated for countless Razzies and the movie that I actually quite like, which is not unusual if you know anything about my opinions. And if you're wondering who the hell I am, my name is Ben, and I hope by the end of this podcast I can clone myself so I can go fuck myself. <laughs> and I'm Simpal Colin. Would you like to play with me? <laughs> you know, the funniest thing is, is that in doing this episode right now, I'm staring at a screen of Simpal Cindy. Uh, Colin has his username picture as a picture of her, just the look on her face. She looks like she's about to stab me, like, through the screen. She's got this scary look. Um, oh, we're going to have so much to talk on Simpal. Oh, but there's so much to talk about this film. I mean, it was funny when we were kind of like, hey, let's, let's you know, do a, do a guilty pleasure film, and we're coming up with ideas, and... Colin throws out the sixth day, and I'm like, yes, I have not seen that in so long, and I guess kind of my background with it, um, I mean, growing up, you know, Dad and I, video stores, they were a thing. Colin and I are of a certain age where things called the video store existed when we were growing up, people. <laughs> this magical place filled with movies where you could borrow them and then return them a few days later, and you wouldn't get into trouble for possibly illegally doing anything with them because it was legal. It was great. But you had to leave your house. That was one of the bad things. But, you know, Dad, huge Schwarzenegger fan. My dad actually used to have this long-running joke, which is kind of disturbing thinking back on it now, that he would say to me and my mum, oh, I'm just going to go watch some porn. And you'd be like, I'm sorry, what? And, it's, and you knew he was watching Arnold Schwarzenegger movies because he would joke that Arnold turned him on. So that was my childhood. But uh, we, I remember renting this movie. As soon as you went to the video store, new release, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, there wasn't even a question what you were getting. Uh, you were going to get that. And, yeah, I mean, I saw it, loved it. Uh, I would always watch it when I was on TV. I think I'd rent it uh, constantly. And, I mean, it had been ages before this podcast and I'd even seen it. But, you know, again, back to my opinions. I generally have pretty crap opinions about movies that are generally perceived as crap, but I like them. But I kind of have a feeling that I'm not going to be... I'm hoping I'm not going to be the only one in this episode that actually really enjoys this movie. No, um, I, I actually... I used to love this movie even more. I used to watch this movie constantly, and I haven't seen it in years, so my opinions have changed a little bit, but uh, I kind of, the same, uh, it was different for me because I saw this when it first came out in theaters, and I I had grown up, I think, as most people did, on Schwarzenegger, and uh, I can remember uh, the first R-rated movie I ever watched was when my, my mom was out of town, and we were staying at my aunt's house, and her not knowing that my mom wouldn't let us watch even PG movies. Like, if it wasn't G-rated, we couldn't watch it. And my aunt's, like, putting on Terminator for us. <laughs> so that was my first R-rated movie. And then not long after that, my mom gave in and said, Oh, Terminator 2, here you go. You guys can watch this. Uh, 
So I kind of grew up on Schwarzenegger, and I remember he took like this hiatus between Eraser and Batman and Robin, and I was so excited hearing about this movie End of Days that he had for the longest time. And I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting, and then the movie came out, and I was really excited for Schwarzenegger's comeback, and it was just painfully bad. And a year later, I, I barely had any interest in seeing The Sixth Day other than, well, it, maybe it looks a little bit like Total Recall. And I think I watched it at least twice when it was in the theater. And as soon as it came out, I bought it right away, the VHS of it. Um, so I, I used to really love this movie and watch it all the time. And it was interesting to go back because I watched it less and less frequently as the years passed. Um, I think the last time I saw this was maybe 2009, 2010. So it's been quite a while for me. Well, it's funny, and we'll talk about it, no doubt, when we go through it about, you know, I mean, this movie, at the time of recording this, is 17 years old. But um, it's 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 interesting. I mean, I think it still holds up. I, I, I mean, there may be a few things here and there where you're like, oh, okay. But it's, it's still, you know, a, a fairly seems quite recent movie. I mean, Arnold, you know, looks a lot different in uh, 2017 than he did in 2000. Uh, I mean, he kind of did run for governor after this, pretty much. But, um, you know, it's it's still... it's it's We're going to have fun talking about this. And, and we apologise in advance, or maybe not apologise. We, we expect your thank yous for our constant Arnold impersonations. Because um, <laughs> I've written plenty of quotes down um, from what he says in the movie. Oliver! Um, <laughs> <just> <laughs> plenty of things to say. Uh, we, before we get started, um, I mean, as we, well, I think we already mentioned, it was released in 2000, uh, the end of 2000, uh, October 28, in the year 2000. Gee, that's a, a couple of that's 17 years ago. That's crazy. So, how old were you in the year mm. 2000, Colin? Let's let's uh, let's age ourselves. Uh, I think I was 18 when this came out. 18. Well, okay, I was 13. So, um, yeah, anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> directed by Roger Spotterswood. Now, uh, for people who know our products, of course, 007, download now via iTunes and 007.wordpress.com. Uh, directed Tomorrow Never Dies, a James Bond film in 1997. And according to IMDb trivia, he turned down the opportunity to direct The World Is Not Enough to direct this film. So, you know, Roger Spotterswood, and apparently Canadian, Colin, you, you just educated me on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't even realize he was Canadian until years later. Um, I, I, it completely slipped my mind, but he made probably one of the best Canadian movies of all time a couple of years after. It's called Shake Hands with the Devil. And if you go through his filmography, I mean, he had some pretty decent movies uh, going throughout the 80s, like some you know fairly well-respected movies. Uh, and then I don't know what happened in the 90s. He has Turner and Hooch, um, Air America with Mel Gibson, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Oh, that's a good one. I think he has a thing for doing kind of dopey movies with big macho action stars. (laughs) Stop Um, or My Mom Will Shoot. What a movie. Yeah. (laughs) This is like returning to his roots a little bit. But, I mean, ever since then, I think, you know, he's he's definitely been on a little bit more of a role. But, yeah, it's cool. I mean, the the one Canadian director of a Bond movie and... uh, one of the few Canadian directors that kind of sold out in Hollywood. At least, at least it wasn't a New Zealand director of uh, Bond movies, and we're not talking about uh, the good ones, we're talking about the bad ones. Mr. Tamar Hawkey, oh. dress up, whatever his name is. Um, now, it was released by Columbia Pictures, obviously stars Arnold Schwarzenegger. We'll talk about all these stars along the way. Uh, Robert Duvall is in it, obviously. Uh, Sarah Winter, Australian. Uh, obviously, we talk about her in 24, but... Uh, 
Yes, this was... This is when I... You know, side note, 24. When I knew she was in season two of 24, I'm like, hey, she's from the sixth day. So, um... <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw the... When I saw her, it was the same thing. I'm like, oh, wasn't she the one in the sixth day? Yep, yep. Uh, and funnily... And the last thing... I'll just say, the last thing I ever recognized her in, because I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else since then. She's one of these Australian actresses who is like, hey, she's Australian, yet no one in Australia knows she's Australian. It's kind of like... She's, you know, there was a point in Hollywood, I think, in the mid-2000s where everyone was Australian. So, you know, a lot of them just got lost. So, I mean, she could come back and they could be like, here's this big Hollywood action star, Sarah Winter. She was in 24. She was in the sixth day. And everyone would be like, who? <laughs> it's like, that's not Kate Blanchett. Um, and this, funnily enough, was also one of the producers of this movie. I didn't realise. Arnie helped produce this movie. Wait, Kate Blanchett produced The Sixth Day? (laughs) No, that was part of the... Never mind. (laughs) We're losing each other already. I should have said that in an Arnie quote. (laughs) Kate Blanchett did not produce The Sixth Day. Um, Anyway, all right, let's talk about this film. Shall we talk about this film? Anything else to add before we talk about it? Uh, no, let's jump right into it. There's lots to come. All right, well, let's get into it. We'll, we'll cover a bunch of stuff, and then we'll, we'll get through it. So, basically, we open the film up with the, the quote, God created man in his own image, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Genesis one twenty seven thirty one. So, basically, that's their way, I'm assuming, of saying this is why it's called the sixth day. Because I'm sure people probably went along and were like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, cloning, awesome. Why is it called the sixth day? Um, and you know, it's it's quick. It's quick. It explains it. Did you know that? Are you a person who knows Genesis one twenty seven thirty one? When they put it on the screen, it made sense to me. I don't think the title "The Sixth Day" really means anything. I, I know there's another movie about cloning a few years prior to this, which is hands down one of my all-time favorite movies called Gattaca with Ethan Hawke uh, and Uma Thurman and Jude Law. And that movie was originally titled The Eighth Day. So it must have been something at the time that everybody was drawing these parallels, you know, the the whole uh, God-created man or whatever. I mean, I think all those opening sequences is interesting because that's something that's probably lost on today's audiences, but it was fairly timely at the time to have these debates about cloning and Dolly the Sheep and all that. Yeah, yeah, I was about to mention, I mean, it's, yeah, 2000, it was still a very hot issue. I mean, it's not that it's still not a hot issue, it's always going to be a hot issue until they eventually do clone a human, I guess, but, um, yeah, I mean, three years after Dolly the Sheep, we see that in the uh, the introduction, you know, 1997. Um, but, I mean, I've got a lot to say about this whole issue, because I, I think a lot of this movie, to me, borders down to people's opinions on cloning because if i mean if you're very pro cloning you could almost say arnold schwarzenegger is the bad guy in this movie so it's well yeah i mean we don't want to get into the philosophical conversations on a comedy podcast (laughs) but they do cover their bases in here you know where the villain has the speech later on where he's talking about you know if there's a boy who's dying or whatever and and later on he uses the same thing about uh um the 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 other billionaire guy you know we can save your son or whatever would you be willing to do if it was illegal i mean it's it's i guess it is something that was up for debate which is one of the things that made this movie interesting when it came out because there wasn't 
this huge market for movies discussing the morality of cloning. Funny that they decided to tag Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> with something that's really trying to discuss morality and cloning. And basically a line which he says, you should clone yourself while you're alive so you can go fuck yourself. Like, I mean, that's not exactly... That's as deeply philosophical as it gets. <laughs> yes. And actually, I was just reading here on the, on the trivia, apparently, of course, it's it's promoted as the six, as in the number six followed by TH Day. They apparently changed it from the word sixth to avoid confusion with the sixth sense. Because I often would confuse a boy seeing dead people with Arnold Schwarzenegger getting cloned. I mean, I don't know about you, but that just confuses me. So, <laughs> I, I don't know if people in Hollywood give audiences no credit or maybe if audiences just are that dumb. Because we saw the same thing you know, recently with the whole star wars rogue one mission impossible rogue nation where they struck a deal between the studios that one would announce his title first but the other one wouldn't announce the title until the trailer had come out for the first one like i think anybody can tell the difference between rogue nation and rogue one especially when you have the titles of mission impossible and star wars before it so If we're if we have Bruce Willis and ghosts in the sixth sense and Arnold Schwarzenegger and clones in the sixth day, I think people are smart enough to tell the difference. I'm sure people are sitting there watching Haley Joel Osment going, I see dead people going, When's Arnie showing up? When's Arnie showing up? Well and, and in all fairness, if people had confused at the time, it's not like the end of days really burnt up the box office. They're here a year after the sixth sense. Would it have been such a bad thing if people were like the six days in theaters again. Let's go watch that <laughs> Bruce Willis movie with Haley Joel Osment. They could have benefited a little bit from that. We'll talk about the fact that this didn't make any money, so I mean, it could have worked. So yeah, God, you missed opportunity there, Hollywood. Um, so yeah, we get opening. We get a lot of um, you know text, bit of background on obviously things. We should mention. This movie, it says, uh, you know, soon after, basically in the near future, sooner than you think. Apparently, this movie is set in the year 2015. So, (laughs) this was two years ago, people, if you're listening to this in 2017. Um, So, I I mean, it's not mentioned in the movie, but that's apparently the official synopsis is this is set in 2015. You can kind of get a vague idea of the year as well. And that's one of the things that bothered me about that pretentious title the 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 near future which really was ripping off two other movies gattaca did it a few years earlier where they put the not too distant future and i think x-men did the same thing where it says the not too distant future but those movies didn't identify a year and in this they start with all these facts of in the year 1996 in the year 2000 the year 2002 and then later in the movie they basically say remember 10 years ago when this happened and they're stating one of the facts from the opening credits why are you putting, like, in the near future when you have laid out the timeline mm-hmm. throughout the introduction here? And exactly. I mean, and I guess that's why they do in the near future, isn't it? So that no matter when you watch it, you can be like, oh, this is in the future. Whereas, um, I mean, I, this is kind of a side note, but, like, when they announce a year, like, I remember watching Minority Report, and that's what, like, in 2050 or something like that. And yeah. I'm distracted at the opening, like, half an hour because I'm thinking, like, 
I'll be like 60-something in this movie. I could be nearly dead. Oh, look how young we... Like, these people aren't even born yet, technically, in this movie. Like, it's just... I'm so distracted. So, I'm kind of glad that I didn't realise this was 2015 until after I'd watched it. So... Yeah, you would have spent the entire movie just analysing where your future was going. (laughs) Am I really ready for a world filled with clones yet? How will I handle a simpet when... I'm 28. <laughs> Could Sinpow Cindy really make me happy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At the age of, what, 20-something? <laughs> yes. Um, so we, we cut, we go to a game of football, American football, the XFL. Now, if anybody knows anything <laughs> about the XFL, this was a real thing that Vince McMahon created in, like, the year 2000 that lasted a year. Uh, it was what was it like yeah. his version of like pro football mixed with wrestling i mean i i've read about oh, it i don't know yeah. if you know about it no i remember when it came out it was a pretty big deal for about one week um <laughs> and they've because it's the it's the 15th anniversary the league didn't launch until 2001 so it's kind of funny that this shows like he announced it i think in early 2000 probably when they were filming this movie and they're like we'll put the xfl in there because in the near future, that's going to be a big thing. So people will look back and look at how timely this movie is. And the league hadn't even launched yet by the time this came out. And the, it lasted, they say it lasted one season. But I mean, it lasted, they went from, I think, the first game being the highest rated sports, non-Super Bowl sports event in like television history to the last game of the season being the single lowest rated broadcast, sports broadcast in the history of television. Wow! So the biggest flop ever to see here, it's like the XFL and the quarterback saying, I'm going to become the first guy to make $300 million. <laughs> I'm like, that's about 10 times what the NFL quarterbacks do here two years after this is set. It's just, it's dated for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, well, we go back to when I said it doesn't feel dated. These are the little things that date it. <laughs> you yeah. know, again, knowing, I mean, look, it's not movie's fault. Like, in, I mean, I'm sure if you make a movie in 2017 set in 2032, we want to imagine there are going to be flying things and, you know, cloning and that sort of stuff. But realistically, it's probably not going to be that advanced. Just like, sure, we've got futuristic things in 2015 that we didn't have in 2000, but not to the extent that they do. So... Uh, unless there are multiple Arnolds running out there that we don't know about. So that would be kind of cool, though. I would like that. And if that was a thing, please come out, Arnold, and have, like, five of you all at once, because that would be the coolest thing ever. Um, and I should mention... He'd be governor and in the Expendables form. <laughs> yes, exactly. How does he do both? Um, I mean, this filmed in, in Canada, Colin's homeland, uh, Vancouver and Toronto, and we were just talking off-air about the fact that I picked out the fact that this is filmed in Vancouver straight away, and I've only been there once, and Colin didn't have a clue. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I legitimately watched this movie for two hours and three minutes, thinking the entire time, it's like, it kind of looks like Colorado to me and I was just getting ready to Google it when Ben's like oh this was Vancouver well I, I so, straight away yeah, in the opening scenes I could tell because that's BC Place in Vancouver that is the that is the opening ceremony and closing ceremony stadium for the 2010 Winter Olympics and I've done a tour of that stadium it's quite nice but uh, anyway so <laughs> we got this football game it's the XFL the biggest thing in the world Johnny Phoenix <laughs> he's a quarterback who apparently in 2015 they're allowed to have computer generated text on their helmets to tell them what to do i mean is that when I mean, does it not take away from and like how bad is that it doesn't even tell him he's about to get some guy tackle him and break his neck i mean it's not that helpful <laughs> i think it'd be distracting how does that work 
Yeah, and I also love, and this is such a 90, I mean, you know, this movie's 2000, but, I mean, it's it's a 90s movie still. I, I always complain the 90s movies, whenever anything computerizes on the screen, you have that beeping that goes along with it. <laughs> and I'm wondering, like, he's seeing these in his helmet. Does he have an earpiece in there just so he can hear this bizarre beeping noise every time words appear? Like, that's going to be even more distracting. He can't hear the people around him. So, yeah, well, exactly. And, I mean, I just... Again, maybe they're so well-trained in the XFL that they can do... I mean, they're men. Men can't do more than one thing at once. Like, I mean, how is he doing that? He can't pick the ball up and read. Like, come on, we're men. We know that. So, anyway, he gets tackled. He breaks his neck. He's a vegetable. Uh, But, of course, you know, ooh, what's happening? Random guy jumps in an ambulance and he's all like, no, it's not as bad as you think, and basically gets on the phone, (laughs) turns off his life support, and we're like, oh, poor Johnny Phoenix. We loved him. He was a great character. Um, but my question, my question here is like, I mean, look, it's filmed in Vancouver. The city is unnamed. So in, in the six day world, we don't know what this city is. But like, I strongly suspect it's in Denver, Colorado. So all right. Okay. Well, let's, we'll go with that. This movie is set in Denver, Colorado. It's, it's South Park. Okay. Um, but like, what is the, the paramedic? system like in this city that allows random guy in trench coat instead of paramedics to get in an ambulance and it's just basically like oh no he's fine <laughs> like who is this guy who is he <laughs> i don't want to jump ahead too much but i i just i love every time that this guy has a dead body it's it's something i think they could have done a little bit more with in the movie this this kind of subtle comedy when somebody's clearly dead and he's like, no, he's all right. And then meanwhile, their head is falling off of their neck and like their arm is popped out of the socket. It's like, oh, he'll be fine after a couple of Advil. Well, we, kind of, we get that a little bit later on don't we, with one of the assassins, the, the oh, henchman yeah. with his like, neck, he's like snapped in half and yeah. his tongue's hanging out. And Terry Crews is that look at <laughs> his face like, um, you're going to gonna fix that? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, 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 you know, sure, why not? Uh, but then we cut to, um, he's Arnold, um, you know, he's looking in the mirror as he, as he would, cause he's Arnold. Uh, but he's also watching the news again, foreshadowing, cause everybody in 2015 could read the news on their mirrors. Um, <laughs> it's, it's Adam Gibson. It's Arnold. He's in bed with the first lady of the United States, Harrison Ford's wife from Air Force One. <laughs> Uh, otherwise known as Wendy Crewson, who is also, um, what, Mrs. Santa Claus in The Santa Claus, isn't she? Is, that, am I, is it the same actress, I'm thinking? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't she also the mistress to President Palmer in 24 Season 3? She was, yes. Yes, she was. Yeah, wow. So basically, the every woman from the mid uh, mid-90s to the early 2000s, and now I don't think I've seen her in anything uh, for a while. Uh no, I mean, she, she's pretty big here in Canada. Um, probably one of the biggest shows on Canadian TV, Saving Hope. She's one of the stars of that. Right. So. Well, she is Canadian, I'll stand up for her. I'm just reading here. She was yeah, born in Hamilton, is. Ontario. So, there you go. Fantastic. And she gets all the best leading men. She, well, she does. She's, Tim Allen. <laughs> Tim Allen, Harrison Ford, Arnold. I'm just reading here what else she's been in. Uh no word of a lie. This okay. This is just hilarious. This is not going to make any sense to anybody who did not hear our conversation before this podcast because no one did because it wasn't recorded. <laughs> she was okay. Bit of background off topic. This is what we do best on the Oz Network. Colin and I were literally talking about Canadian movies and what we had seen, and I mentioned some movie I saw that was about lesbians. 
Um, <laughs> Wait, you found it? She was in this movie. It's called Better Than Chocolate, and no word of a lie, Wendy Cruston was in this movie. <laughs> How is that um, for, for ironic moments? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's clearly... <laughs> oh, I, I've seen that oh, on yeah. like, DVD shelves everywhere. Okay, so... That's one of those art house Canadian movies that promotes itself as being more erotic than I think it is. I don't know. Wow. Um, ben was trying to describe this, and he's like, it's called Tasty White Chocolate or something. <laughs> I knew it had chocolate in the title, but um, not only is she the uh, the lady who beds all the leading men, she also is in lesbian Canadian movies. She beds all the leading women, too. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, so it's it's Arnold's birthday. It's Adam's birthday. Um, you know, he's he's saying, "Does it, do I look any different?" Like I, that was not Arnold. I don't feel any different because <laughs> everybody feels different on their birthday. But then he's going to get a bit of uh, action from everybody's leading lady. Um, you know, lock the door. Which, can I just point out? <laughs> All that she really does in this movie is try to have sex with Arnold. Like, that is the gist of her character. What's wrong she's with that, kidnapped though? kidnapped at a point. <laughs> but she, the only thing she does, she's kidnapped in this movie. And other than that, every scene is just her trying to get in Arnold's pants. <laughs> that's actually a good way of looking at it. I wonder if that's when she went to, like, audition for it. Okay, Wendy, you are reading for the part of Arnold's horny slut. Um, and like, <laughs> oh, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> So, I, I mean, I've got this. I've got the same thing, though. Not the same thing, because that would be disturbing. Uh, Arnold, their daughter, Clara. I've written here every single. She wasn't it better than chocolate too, was she? Because that's really <laughs> going too far. Uh, yeah, that would be a very disturbing. I don't know how you Canadians work with your younger actors, but th- for shame on you! Um, I've written... Well, if you'd seen more Canadian movies, you'd know. <laughs> I've written down every single time she appears on screen, "little shit daughter," because she just. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about you talk about Wendy Cruz and always wanting to bed Arnold. Here comes little buzzkill Clara, always wanting to stop them from having sex and all about me, me, me. Oh, Daddy, it's your birthday. I deserve a present. Daddy, I'm scared. Daddy, Daddy, like, shut up. Like, she's annoying. <laughs> I want a repet. I want a simpal. <laughs> it's like, I would rather simpal Cindy than Clara. Like, can I just point that out? Um, I didn't have the same negative reaction to her that you did. Um, I'm probably not as opposed to children overall as you are, because you just described every child on the planet. You are a father, so let's give Colin some props yeah. there. I, for one, am not that I know of, so yes. Yeah. Uh, my favorite moment here was her offering him. and there's There's two things that always happen in these near-future movies that are always a little bit stupid. And, uh, the first is that you always have the one guy who's always the main character. Well, everybody else is embracing all the technologies <laughs> around them. They want to hang on to their old school stuff. <laughs> and in this, it's it's summed up by his daughter offering him some genetically modified nacho-flavored <laughs> banana. Why is there a nacho-flavored banana? <laughs> the other one, she says, or oh, regular banana, which is the moldiest, blackest <laughs> banana I've ever seen. He's like, I'll take the real one. <laughs> of all the flavors for a banana, are you going to have nacho flavored? Like... <laughs> that's the other thing with they do in these movies that bothers me is that they'll make something that's like, here's something so futuristic, it's weird. And it's like, nacho flavored banana? That doesn't even make sense. That's like something that a kid would come up with. You know, 
when you were a kid, did you ever do like your own pretend cooking show or something <laughs> like that? Where here I'm gonna have some yogurt and some uh, sriracha sauce and let's throw some apples in there. <laughs> Well, this is what I'm most disappointed. I'm so disappointed that two years after this movie is set, we still don't have nacho-flavoured bananas. Like, I am ropeable. my nacho banana? <laughs> I'm tired of these mouldy bananas sitting on my counter right now. I want my nachos. Those look delicious. Exactly. Exactly. Screw you, science. Um, <laughs> should quickly mention, on the news on the screen was relevant to the plot line because, oh, Johnny Phoenix is alive! Holy shit, how did that happen? Random trench coat guy. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we see repet ads and all that sort of stuff. The biggest thing I took away from this, though... Uh, I mean, you were absolutely right, yes. Old man doesn't embrace new technology. Uh, little shit daughter wants to ruin sex. Wife wants sex. Um, I thought this, I thought this is one of those weird things that, you know how people have those alternative theories about movies that like, you know, Elf is a prequel to Step Brothers, you know, and they try and oh, tie yeah. them in. I, I'm going to put a theory out there that this is a sequel to Jingle All The Way somehow <laughs> because Arnold, when, when, when shit daughter wants a toy, Arnold is like, ask your mother. No, I'm not going to get... Like, he, he knows. He knows the terror of buying a toy for a child. So he's like, fuck that shit. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was actually thinking this could be, like, the midlife crisis vacation offered from the Total Recall <laughs> uh, organization in Total Recall. Yes. We need to tie in all these. Somehow this is a sequel <laughs> or a prequel to any Arnold Schwarzenegger movie ever. <laughs> yeah. This is Mr. Sipal Cindy is really the successor to the T one thousand. She's the next generation T one thousand. Wendy Crewson is poison ivy. Uh <laughs> the future after go- I mean it's actually not Denver, it's Gotham City. Uh, <laughs> and at this age, Arnold Schwarzenegger is no longer the running man, he's the briskly walking man. Yeah, the briskly, who doesn't embrace briskly walking, he wants to go back to normal walking. Because <laughs> the future is shit. <laughs> My Arnold impersonation just goes all over the place, it sounds like... <laughs> God do Arnold. I, I'm just going to try to do any accent because <laughs> the issue that my wife says I always have is no matter what accent I'm trying to do, she's like, why do you always end up sounding like Schwarzenegger? <laughs> uh, Alright. I mean, I mean, again, sequels and everything. We, we now cross to his job. He's a chopper pilot and in no way in this movie does he ever say, get to the chopper. <laughs> How many wasted opportunities were there here? It's like, I'll take you to the chopper. The chopper just blew up. I mean, we get that soon with the I'll be back sort of, you know, I might be back. He'll be back. <laughs> like, I mean, why can't we? I mean, I wonder if that was a, like a ploy. Like, let's make Arnold Schwarzenegger character a chopper pilot and see if we can tie this in. Wasted opportunity. Why didn't they do it? Uh, uh, I don't know. That's an interesting question because I remember when I originally saw this, I wasn't aware of the whole get to the chopper <laughs> thing at all. And now that's such a big thing. I don't know if, if that's something that kind of just exploded recently. I mean, he used it as one of his lines on The Celebrity Apprentice. It was He would basically go, he'd always say to the person, you're terminated when he fired somebody. But sometimes he'd follow it up with, get to the chopper. I think, so, it, but this isn't like it didn't feel like it was a catchphrase at the time this came out. I think, I think a lot of what's happened with a bunch of his catchphrases is I think it's 
social media has really burnt, like, it's really incredible. Because, I mean, he did do, he plays up to it a lot. Like, he'll do videos of him on, like, Snapchat, and he'll just say his famous lines. Um, and I think there's a lot of them outside of even Get to the Top. Because I think I was about similar as well. I didn't realise that was one of his big ones. But, I mean, you know, my fa- my favourite one is always, put the cookie down from Jingle All The Way. <laughs> just, like, little things like that. Like, I mean, there are just, there are so many in this movie that are never quoted that are just, I swear, I don't know if Arnold ad-libs or the script writers are like, Arnold's in our movie, let's make every, like, it seems like most of the time everything he says is a one-liner. It's just, like, 90% of Arnold Schwarzenegger script lines I'll pot the potential one-liners. Is that deliberately done for him, or is that just him? It might be him, because I think there's one moment in this movie, which I'll mention later on, where I think they were trying very hard to come up with, like, a really good line, and it just is, like, the flattest thing you've ever heard. It, it worse than... I mean, it's. I'll just say it now. It's It's basically a nothing line at all. It's the one where the two of them are testing the uh, explosives or whatever, and then look at each other and go, cool. I love that. And it's just like, (laughs) there's no way that cool is going to catch on, (laughs) especially post-Batman and Robin. I I think even, like, I mean, he says that in multiple. I mean, everyone says cool in movies. That's not a thing, Ben, but, like, I swear, like. But you're saying saying this is a well-known line, like, I remember he said cool in End of Days <laughs> and then in Collateral Damage. And I think going back to Commando, there was a cool line in there. It's the, uh, everyone thinks I'll Be Back is an Arnold Schwarzenegger you know, staple. It's actually cool. <laughs> I, I, that's why I love Kevin Spacey's one-liner that he's known for high that he says in every single one of his movies. Well, uh, just to, again, tag 007 isn't the Hulk's favorite one. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Famous movie one-liners that don't get the credit they deserve. Kevin Spacey, yeah. high. <laughs> <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger, cool. <laughs> Denzel Washington, bye. <laughs> Oh, our personations are on track today. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'm going on here. I, th- I mean, generally, we stop after certain sections, but we're kind of doing well here. Uh, so, we, we see him. He goes to his work. He's a helicopter pilot. We meet his friend, Hank. Hi, Hank. That's, uh, I can't say his name properly. Michael Rappaport. Is that how you say it? Rappaport. Rappaport. Yeah. But, um, you know, well-known as playing Phoebe's police boyfriend in a series of episodes of Friends, and he was also in Deep Blue Sea. Which is um, yes. one of my favourite movies. Coming soon? Yes. Coming soon, question mark. Yes. Can, on can we? Pleasures. Guilty Pleasures, Deep Blue Sea, you yeah. know? How can we not do a movie about smart sharks? I mean, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, Samuel L. Jackson getting eaten out of nowhere. Spoiler alert, but we're doing Deep Blue Sea. Oh, you could have let them at least listen to the intro of that episode first. <laughs> Damn it, we've just ruined it. Um... And, you know, I love kind of these futuristic movies in the near future. They always have to go overboard, don't they, I guess, in showing the new technology. Like you were saying how yeah. Arnold doesn't... So, here, we've got a self-driving car, you know, and, like, back to the fridge. Like, you are nearly out of milk. Thanks for ordering milk. <laughs> like, these... I mean, the, the thing, I guess, with this movie is a lot of the technology in this is... You know, you know those articles I had with Back to the Future about, like, what did Back to the Future actually predict? Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of the things in this movie kind of loosely exist i mean internet fridges yeah, like the fridge well i mean they were a thing for like a year i mean do people still use internet fridges i don't think they really took off today. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like driverless cars that's kind of becoming a thing with google and you know i mean so it's not exactly outlandish 
not Minority Report. <laughs> so, um, so we, well, we still have forty more years for Minority Report. That is true. That is true. So anyway, he's he's off. He's in his charter company. Um, you know, we get the phone call. Oh no, Oliver is dead. What a tragedy. Not Oliver. We knew him just like we knew Johnny Phoenix. <laughs> um, and, of course, this brings up the whole repet, the debate about the cloning, and that, you know, becomes a conversation. Arnold and Hank... I'm just going to call him Arnold. His name's Adam, but it's Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows who Adam is. Exactly. Arnold plays Arnold in every movie. <laughs> you know, remember that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he was Adam? No, but I remember the one where he was Arnold. Um... The only one you ever remember his name from is Kindergarten Cop because everybody's a Mr. Kimball, Mr. Kimball. <laughs> Other than that, he's just Arnold or Schwarzenegger. Exactly, the governator. Um, so he goes off into the mountains, off into Colorado, into the, the Rockies, and um, <laughs> drops off some people for some snowboarding. And, oh, there's a, there's a sinister-looking guy called Trip. He doesn't look like he will be doing anything bad soon. Um, then he, he comes back. Desperately does not want to be drug tested. <laughs> too. Guy, we have to be tested. <laughs> like... so first of all, like I, I know it wasn't him that had the "we have to be tested" line, but I'm going to assume that you know he's in cahoots with these other guys. They're all working together. What if this entire, you know, plot, we got to stop this, was just a bunch of stoned-out guys who are like, you know, it would be really funny if we kill a man. You know, the, the strangest thing is, though, is, like, when we meet this, when we meet Drucker, and it's like, they go to all these links, like, let's drug test people before he gets flown. He's a non-disclosure agreement. Like, security, this guy, you know, thinks he's more important than the president. You know, he's a big deal. Why the fuck doesn't he just go up there on a day with nobody else and, like, hire the mountain out to himself? Like, in what world is a guy this important going onto a mountain where they've just dropped off a bunch of stoners where clearly someone like Trip can come along and assassinate him? Like, is it just because, oh, fuck, we can clone people. Who cares if we get assassinated? Are they just that relaxed? Probably. I mean, they, they were way more concerned about people overhearing his phone conversations. <laughs> um, I'm going to save my biggest complaint for later on, but... There's a plot hole that comes out of this, which is, like, a huge, massive plot hole. I would love for anybody to correct me on, but that'll come a little later in the episode, so to be continued. Uh, well, well, I mean, I guess really a whole bunch. I mean, it's just all setting up a lot of things. I mean, we're meeting Drucker and, you know, uh, the switchover, of course, when Adam, you know, finally gets talked into going to get a repet. Um, and so it's like, oh, well, I'll swap, I'll go, you go this. And, of course, that's the confusing thing that leads to him getting cloned eventually, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, throughout this bit, I guess, other bits, I mean, the the whole, the remote control helicopters, which is kind of set up, like, you know, hey, look at me, I can fly this cool helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just say, I don't know if to call that a plot hole, but for a character that they've firmly established does not want to eat a nacho banana, <laughs> he sure is embracing this technology. Everybody else around was like, how did you do that? Like, you're not even in the helicopter. It's this new technology. <laughs> You press the button on here and it flies. And it's like, dude, you won't eat bananas that aren't moldy. Yeah. Why is this okay? And the fact is, when he says that line, when he's like, we can now fly four of these between two of us. Like, so you're flying a helicopter whilst also yeah. flying another <laughs> helicopter with a remote. Again, men can't do more than two things at once. How does that work? <laughs> yeah, that stood out to me too. Um I mean, because we're seeing his friend... What's his friend's name again? Um, uh, uh, Hank. Hank. Hank, Hank, yeah. 
It's not just... Let's just call him Rappaport from now on. Yeah. So, <laughs> his friend Rappaport's flying the helicopter, and Schwarzenegger is using the remote. So are we to believe that they can both do both things at the same time? Like, the math does not check out on that. The thing, the thing is, like, it's kind of like at first you're like, well, you know, yeah, I get it. Let's get in the one helicopter and show each other off, you know, all this sort of stuff. At the same time, like, again, one of these situations in movies that, yeah, we're probably just going to pick things apart, but this is what we do. This is why you're listening to the Oz Network. Like, that could have yeah. easily gone so wrong. <laughs> like, I could have just, like, yeah. flown the helicopter well, over the top of him, taken his eye off the ball, oh, fuck, boom, dead, movie over. <laughs> he's, he's, he's trying to prove that he's a better pilot with this than his friend is in the real cockpit. So what does he do? He cuts him <laughs> off, like, hoping to freak him out. Do you realize you're sitting next to him? If, if this goes wrong... You're both dead. It didn't really make a lot of sense. I love the fact that when they do the switch around and what Arnold says to, to Rappaport, like, you want to be more like me? Act more manly. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> that should be the one liner there from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Act more manly. <laughs> Which I have a huge complaint on the whole act manly thing in one of the upcoming <laughs> scenes here. <laughs> but, I mean, again, like, Drucker, this incredibly important guy who specifically asks for Adam Gibson to fly, but they can quickly swap over because they didn't get their names when they used the weird eye machine and everything like that. You would think he would know what he looks like if you specifically... Like, what's he just sitting there around his office going, oh, I want to go snowboarding. Oh, Adam Gibson, he looks good like a pretty good pilot. I only want him (laughs) to fly me. I don't know what he looks like, but I think he's got a pretty good reputation. (laughs) What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, another thing that's maybe, I mean, I don't, I don't want, we're not nitpicking too much here. I think some of these <laughs> things are just kind of amusing. Um, but just, okay, just as an example here, we're talking about a pilot that he clearly has heard of or he's done research on. And we're to believe that in any of this research, a picture has never come up. I mean, I, I can Google anybody and find a picture of them. I'm going to Google right now the casting director for the six-day Judith Holstra. <laughs> and pictures come up of the same woman over and over again. I can find out who Judith Holstra is. I'm pretty sure that anybody out there is going to be able to know that there's a difference between Michael Rappaport and Arnold Schwarzenegger if they're researching, if they really truly know who they want to do this. Let's, let's be honest. Michael Drucker is Donald Trump. He just is like, he just watches things quickly. Like, oh, there was a terrorist attack in Sweden. Yep, there was. Definitely. Last night <laughs> happened. Um, Adam Gibson. Oh, great pilot. What a guy. He's the only guy I want to fly yeah. me. <laughs> and, and they have a top secret organization. Let's not forget. They have a top secret organization that is cloning people. <laughs> so when this very small group of people that are allowed to know about this see the clone pop out, they're like, he seemed a little bit smaller in the cockpit. I don't know, maybe his hair was different. And this is the thing that, like, again, it's funny you say we're not nitpicking this. We love this movie, but, again, this is what we do. Uh, like, my question is, like, they're putting this under the disguise of we're drug testing you, which, okay, fair yeah. enough. You don't want stoner helicopter pilot flying you to go skiing in the Rockies. But, like... Is he is he willingly going up there thinking he's going to be assassinated? Like, shit, better clone the pilot in case we all die so we can cover it all up. Like, why, in essence, do they need to clone... And why do they clone both of, like, Arnie and Rappaport? Like, if only one of them's meant... I, this is, again, we're nitpicking. But why do they have to do this? 
Yeah, um, I don't really have an answer for that, uh, <laughs> other than the fact that the movie would be very short and a lot less interesting if we didn't get at least one action scene involving a doll in a backseat of a car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, <laughs> I mean, we see a brief little bit of them in the mountains, and oh no, there's Trip. what's he doing? Um, but, and just quickly, Michael Drucker, played by Tony Goldwyn, Bit of a Bob Saget vibe there. Did we not think this was um, <laughs> this was the dad from Full House? <laughs> uh, um, I never thought that, but you know what's funny is that when I saw this movie, I remember I for whatever reason I just hated Tony Goldwyn. I think I'd seen him in one or two things other than that too, but I just couldn't stand him. And at the same time, growing up, one of the few actors that I I, they, I would almost feel nauseated if I watched them was Bob Saget. So <laughs> no, maybe there's something two of them share that really sets me off how can you not like bob saget he's like the earth dad I mean, all i see yeah all i've seen is full house no the first dad is tim allen i well, mean that's okay. my dad okay. i don't want bob saget as a dad you want a nice mixture of both <laughs> i don't think so i mean bob saget is there and then tim allen comes in and goes uh-huh. listen my fake dad's better than your fake dad okay <laughs> my fake dad is arnold schwarzenegger so fuck you uh- <laughs> Ben, get me a coffee. Michael Rappaport, then. <laughs> Michael Rappaport's no one's dad. Michael Rappaport's the drunken neighbour who takes you out to your first strip club. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so back to Arnold. Things are a little bit weird. He's in a taxi and he's waking up and there's weird editing that kind of was like... I don't, I don't know how you describe that editing when he wakes up. It's kind of like flash cut, slow-mo, fade. I don't know. It's strange. Yeah. It's it's making you. It's very nineties. <laughs> There's beeping sounds in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, look, there is plenty of questions we're going to get to about the whole cloning and memories because I mean, plot twist coming soon with Arnold. This Arnold that we later find out. So anyway, he goes to the mall. Um, he's going to get a repet, and of course there's protesters like, no, you know, screw you, you're wrong for getting a repet. I mean, I actually think this is pretty relevant to the age we live in right now, because this is kind of true in the society. There's always people protesting everything, so they predicted this very well, and I'm sure if this was a thing, there would be people protesting clones that much. I do love the fact that we're talking about Arnold one-liners when he's walking into the place and it's like, God wouldn't want you to go in there. Maybe God shouldn't have killed my dog. Yeah. <laughs> and well, then the reply is, atheist! <laughs> like, yeah. Burn! He also has a lot of attitude for a guy who was taking their side a couple hours earlier with his wife. And all of a sudden he's like, no, I'll pick a fight with you. We've got to admit, like, Arnie is very bipolar in this movie, not just because there's two of them. Like, oh, yeah. He goes from oh, yeah. hating technology to embracing it to, I don't want to repet, to going in to get one, then to change his mind to get a weird, creepy-looking doll, and then just, like, eventually, by the end of the movie, becoming a terrorist. So- yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's Oh, there's going to be so much fun bipolar Arnie stuff to come Oh, uh, well, it's a running theme. But, um... Yeah, he talks to the guy, you know, we later find out, of course, that, you know, when he says, hey, you had a dog, right? Like, if this guy, okay, again, nitpicking, Arnie's clearly, later on we find out, already been in there to get Oliver cloned. So why does this Mm. guy, like, you had a dog, if you've served this guy and already sold him a dog, are you not going to be like, dude, you already got your dog cloned, why do you want another one? (laughs) Well, 
But no, remember when he does come home, uh, his wife is saying to him, I know, I know, but I, you know, I think it's okay. So I think the wife got it cloned without telling either of them. Right. So there's one part where she didn't want to have sex with him. She was getting the dog. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But Arnie gets distracted because he sees him pouse Cindy outside. It's like it's the star it's, of this movie. It's it's like it's like oh I do not want a weed clone dog in my house, but let's get weed creepy doll. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a- I'm sorry that my mind went to this place, but this doll is all kinds of wrong because I'm sure that Pedo Pete is going to buy fifty of these dolls and have his like this is kind of like <laughs> the official toy for pedophiles who don't want to actually <laughs> rape children. This doll is creepy real, and as if there aren't freaky pedophiles who are going to buy this doll for wrong purposes. I'm sorry my mind went there, but that has got to be the thing. (laughs) This doll is the cure for pedophiles. Like, nobody (laughs) wants to go near this thing. And and the funniest thing to me is, you know, you mentioned the the Schwarzenegger saying you're not manly enough. When I see him ogling this little doll, look at his little collar. Oh, it's so cute. And then he's like... I love the line he says where he goes, uh, it's amazing how real this is. <laughs> how real? I mean, the thing looks like Rosemary's freaking baby. I, this is not a person. It is some, this is an abomination. They talk about clones. This is an abomination. What child is going to look at... You know those uh, poltergeist did it? And it was this huge thing always. I think every kid was like afraid of clowns. When I was a kid, um, we had a Halloween mask that was of a clown and it was just sitting in my room i remember like being three years old and lying in bed just staring at this thing unable to sleep through the entire night because i was terrified of this clown this simpal cindy is the modern day terrifying clown <laughs> there is no child that wants to go near this thing i, I burn it like i'm terrified <laughs> This this is the this is the evil Furby that looks like a human. <laughs> wow, this feed me! Wow, state, like <laughs> talked about like, uh, the, the the whole um, uh, thing. Well, the atheist is like, man, you you're gonna believe in God, the devil, the devil's <laughs> child, and everything after seeing this. This thing's a nightmare. The thing that just going. I mean, we mentioned before. I do I do love it when Arnold does leave the shop and he's like, I might be back. He'll be back. Like, we did kind of mention that. <laughs> He'll be back. But, like, I've written here, those dolls are freaky, kind of wrong. That was my pedo quote before. <laughs> but we've got to love the bit when he's in the taxi. You know, he's obviously, to kind of go back a little bit, Rappaport has tried to, you know, organise this surprise party. So he's got to meet at a bar, then they're going to have a surprise party. So Arnie's gone to the bar. And Rappaport's not there. Ooh, what's going on? So he's got to go back to his house. So he's in the taxi. He's trying to call Hank Rappaport to say, what the hell's going on? And I'm Simpal Cindy. Can't you see I'm talking? Quiet. (laughs) (laughs) He's trying to reason with the doll. Listen, we'll play later, but can I just take a call first? I love, I just love his interactions with this. Like, could you imagine how many takes that would have taken? Arnold, not quite believable. Don't think you really were angry at the doll. Let's do it again. <laughs> and it's like, do you know how to turn these off? Oh, my niece has one. <laughs> Go to sleep, Cindy. <laughs> it just reminds me of like, was it? Um, oh, I've gone blank on his name from The Simpsons. Um, 
Bane, McGruber, the Arnold, the the characters. Oh yeah, Rainier Wolfcastle. Wolf, it just reminds me of like you know there should be some sort of bit where Arnold's just like I'm going to put the child to sleep, and he's just like so evil <laughs> with the child. <laughs> I d- I just wanted to be like kindergarten cop where he's just screaming, "Shut up!" <laughs> You know what killed the children? The Ice Age! <laughs> just, like, snaps a neck. That's not even funny, but anyway. I love it when he pulls up to the house and he's having that conversation with himself. Oliver was very sick. We had to put him down. Yeah. Why, Daddy? <laughs> Why, Daddy? <laughs> Fantastic. I really would love one of my dreams in life is to be able to spend a day on a set that Arnold Schwarzenegger is filming a movie. Because it's like, I just, I can't see this guy going like, oh no, that wasn't believable. <clears throat> Why that? No, no. <laughs> like, you just, you just think he would do it all in one take. <laughs> just... And you mentioned, like, the ad-libs, and I just imagine this going on and on, like, for hours. Like, there's a Simpsons episode where it's like, you know, your dog's gone to heaven, and it's like, Oh, is there? Do all dogs go to heaven? It's like, well, not the evil ones, like Hitler's dog and one of the bad lassies. I, and I love it when he's like, you know, and then he's like, oh shit, Oliver, why did you have to die? <laughs> this is all your fault, dead dog. <laughs> and then when he's and like he sees Oliver, and you know, I mean, this this bit, like, let's be honest. I mean, this. think about this situation. You've gone out, you've gone to get the milk or something. Jamie's like, Colin, go get me some milk. You, you, I don't know, you hit your head, you wake up, you're like, oh, that was weird. And you come home, you open the door, and there's you in the kitchen with Jamie. <laughs> like, you would be legitimately like, what the f-? Like, and he's just looking through the window, just being like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> like, there's, there's so little reaction in this movie to anybody at the idea of cloning humans. This is supposed to be like... Years into this, people are still protesting everywhere you go. They're protesting outside of pet stores. <laughs> and yet, whenever a person is cloned, people are like, huh, is that what I look like from that angle? <laughs> it would, it would, you would legit, I mean, this is, this is psychiatric help shit. Like, this is beyond, <laughs> like, we see it in the police station. Like, I mean, obviously, there's a reason for that. But, yeah, he's very calm. Arnie is a calm man when yeah. it comes to seeing a clone of himself. <laughs> I mean, my question here... It's not the only thing he's a little bit too calm with throughout this movie. <laughs> well, we're nitpicking again. So they've cloned him. How do they clone his keys and clone, like, all these things? Like, <laughs> the guy's reaching into his pocket to get his keys to go well, into his house. Like, how did they get them and everything the same? That's a good question because... Later, later on, when uh, when um, what's her name, uh, the the Sarah Winter character, when she comes out, I mean, she says, "I have to do my hair differently again." She pulls her earrings off of her dead body and pierces her own ears with it. So, like, did they did they have time to get a duplicate of everything he owned? Mm, it's, I mean, again, we're gonna. There's lots of this is. I guess this is almost like a time travel movie. It's kind of like you think too hard things don't make sense and there's a lot of it's kind of like the the spiritual successor to terminator genesis Mm. (laughs) time travel when it doesn't make any sense i mean there's lots of things to do with cloning that you kind of like well hang on a minute how like my biggest question and again i'm probably jumping ahead here when they've got those weird bodies in the bubbles and stuff like that I mean, like, if I die and they clone me, I'm fat. Like, there's no fat bodies in those things. So, like, 
am I thin? Like, I mean, how do they... Arnie's a big man. So how do they, like, automatically get the body to morph into your previous body shape? If you can just then be thin, can't I just kill myself right now, be cloned, be thin? Like, does that not make it easier? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because this movie, maybe because they decided to get Schwarzenegger to star in it, I mean, it almost opens itself up for, for over being overly nitpicky. It's like, this doesn't make any sense. I mean... They, they clearly intended to just make kind of a dumb action movie, but there are a lot of interesting ideas in yeah. there that if they wanted to, I mean, this it's funny. I think you could take this plot. And this is one of the reasons I like this movie. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. Yeah, it's, you know, meaningless action. But you could take this plot and make a good Minority Report style sci-fi movie out of it if you put more work into it. You know, just come up with the answers to those questions. But it's a cool idea. I mean, I think this is one of the things that always sold me when I saw the trailer after being, you know, burned by end of days. I saw the trailer and the scene where Schwarzenegger looks into the living room and he sees himself there. It's it's a really cool idea. I think that these scenes are some of my favorite ones where he is kind of interacting with the clones and Later on, there's more scenes where, you know, they're both in the house. I love all that stuff. Well, well, apparently Kevin Costner was initially offered the role for this. And, I mean, I'm guessing if this was a Kevin Costner film, it's going to be a little bit different. But I was reading one of the reviews. Can we just get an impression of Kevin Costner (laughs) delivering a double cool line? Cool. I mean, I, I, you know, what's Kevin Costner's famous line? Like... Thanks. Um, like, I don't, don't know. But, um, I mean, it probably, again, like, I read a review for this film saying that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was typecast in this movie. When is Arnold Schwarzenegger not typecast in any... Like, he's the same person in every... But that's why people love Arnold Schwarzenegger, because he's not, like, one of these people who you're like, oh, Adam Sandler's the same in everything, you know? It's like, Arnold Schwarzenegger is the same in everything, but you don't care because it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, like, look... If you're talking typecast, the only typecasting there really is for Schwarzenegger is that he always plays the all-American guy, (laughs) which is part of the appeal of these movies. He's either a New York cop or uh, a New York firefighter or a Colorado, you know, charter pilot. (laughs) So it's these all-American jobs that he's doing or a share the best, which maybe one day we'll get to this, a sheriff of a small southern town in the last stand. Like, that's. I don't know if you call that typecasting. He's always playing something that he's not. I mean, there's a lot of range here. He doesn't have the range, but his roles are very varied. It's funny, actually, because, I mean, off air, we were talking a little bit about Oscars and, you know, certain people who might get an Oscar after many years because, you know, it's like, oh, you deserve an Oscar. You wonder if, he, if he will ever get nominated, which is probably... Hey. You and I are probably more likely to get nominated for an Oscar than Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> like, you wonder if he does, if he automatically wins it just because it's like, okay, how funny would this be? Arnold Schwarzenegger winning an Oscar. <laughs> I mean, people wrote off Stallone in the same way. Maybe the difference is Stallone's, he broke through by getting an Oscar nomination for the first Rocky movie. And it was kind of just the decisions he made with the career was different. But like last year, Sylvester Stallone was considered the favorite to win for Rocky Balboa. And he probably should have. So um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. I don't know if the choices Schwarzenegger makes is going to lend itself to an Oscar caliber role. But... <laughs> It would be funny if it ever happened. I'm just imagining, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, plays, like, the mentally disturbed man in Rain Man 2. He's <laughs> like, you know, just he, um, takes some completely ridiculous role. 
I've yet to see it, but he did do a movie recently um, that was considered, despite the fact it's a movie about a father whose daughter's turning into a zombie, his daughter's Abigail Breslin turning into a zombie, (laughs) it was considered to be a dramatic movie with, like, no action at all, and he got some decent reviews for that, so maybe he's slowly transitioning towards that, and next year he's going to be playing uh, John F. Kennedy in Jackie 2 or <laughs> Jackie the early years. I guess we should, yeah. I mean, you know, people like Hugh Grant were apparently, you know, close to being nominated for an Oscar this year. And, you know, go back through the years and like when someone like Eddie Murphy gets nominated and Jim Carrey, you know, yeah. misses out, you know, we shouldn't be completely mean. But again, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. So. <laughs> it, it's basically only Sandler and Schwarzenegger that are left. Everybody else who's ridiculous has been nominated well so far. well sandler what nearly got close to a punch drunk love so yeah <laughs> I mean, sandler i think <laughs> sandler i think the problem with sandler is i think sandler can act if he wants to but he doesn't because <laughs> he just likes fart jokes so. he likes making money <laughs> yes exactly anyway um he's he's freaking out he's seen himself this, again freaky as shit you've got another person in that house that is meant to be you and then, lo and behold, here comes Sarah Winter and Terry Crews to knock on your door. Which, I mean, that would be cool if Sarah Winter and Terry yeah. Crews knocked on my door right now. <laughs> I'd be kind of impressed. <laughs> and, I mean, this this had to be one of Terry Crews' first roles, right? Because, I mean, he wasn't really... I mean, back in 2000, he wasn't... I mean, he's very well known now. Because he used to... Did he used to be an NFL player? Yeah, yeah. He was, like, a big NFL player. I mean, it's so funny because now most people just know him as an actor. He may be the most famous, you know, football player to actor transition ever. And who knows how it actually happened. I mean, uh, I don't remember him being a big deal at this point. I I don't remember years later him being a big deal. The first time I remember anything big with him was in The Expendables. But even then, that was kind of a novelty. We have Terry Crews kind of playing Terry Crews with a machine gun. Okay, well, I'm just going to completely say to myself that I've just looked him up, and this was his first film role. (laughs) There you go. There you go, exactly. Um, I mean, look, he's been in everything, but, I mean, you know, you're going to love him in White Chicks when he's singing, what, a thousand miles in the car. (laughs) That's just always remind. I love... I mean, everyone loves... Terry Crews is like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I swear everyone loves him, right? Am I... Am I... Is that a correct statement, would you... No, you have to love Terry Crews. And if if you really want to see the funniest thing Terry Crews could ever do, uh, there was a movie, it was like a really dumb comedy. What was it? Um, And no, it wasn't a scary movie. Um, (laughs) Was Adam Sandler in it? uh, No, it wasn't Adam Sandler. It wasn't Eddie. He did that one with Eddie. Eddie, Idiocracy. Uh, It's uh, Uh, um, Mike Judge's follow-up to Office Space. Oh, what's the guy's name? Playing the president. I know. know, I've got that guy's... The the person... He's in my head. I know what he looks uh, like. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, keep going. I'll find out. Luke Wilson. Yeah, Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson, yes. Yeah. Yeah, where he plays the president in a future society that is basically like the lowest IQ that you could imagine. I mean... Such a small movie that most people don't know, but absolutely hilarious. And I, it's almost disappointing watching this. Like, I forgot Terry Crews was in this. Because even at the last time I saw this, maybe 2009, 2010, I don't know if he was that big of a deal at that point. Now I'm watching this, and I'm like, is that Terry Crews? And they don't really give him enough to do in this. I, I kind of like... I think that the other thing I really like about this outside of Schwarzenegger is this whole henchman club. I think that that's all the really fun stuff in the movie. And of the four henchmen, I guess he has the least amount to do in the least impressive character maybe Mm, yeah easily because i mean you know he's kind of there and thereabouts and then i mean his death is just you know oh he's i mean i i actually literally had to go back when he eventually dies because i was like was that 
the Terry Crews, I, you know, I forgot where he was in the movie at that point. It's like, where'd he go? And then he was just randomly guarding, yeah. you know, the the wife and little shit daughter. So, um, yeah. <laughs> it was funny. And Sarah Winter, as, as I've just clicked on Sarah Winter here because I'm like, what has she done recently? Her Wikipedia page is shit. There's like hardly anything on here. <laughs> I actually do remember here now that I mention it, um, she was in an episode of Flight of the Concords. It was probably the funniest episode of Flight of the Concords where they're basically ripping shit into Australia. And she played a character called Keitha. And was, like, really Australian. But apparently... I mean, look, I've never watched an episode of Sex and the City in my life. I have a penis, so I don't need to watch it. But she apparently... <laughs> ben, Ben, I know some of the movies you've watched. I don't think that argument really stands. Desperate Housewives made me give up my penis. But uh, apparently she was in the Sex and the City pilot, and she was credited as the very first woman to have sex on Sex and the City. So, there you go. That's Is she better she known for that? that? Six day or twenty four. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think those are the only things she's ever done, and I didn't know she was in one of those. But uh, yeah, um, they they rock up on the door. Hi, Arnie. How are you? I'm Terry Crews. This is Sarah Winter, um, and they're just you know being a bit relaxed and everything, and then all of a sudden it goes from being relaxed to let's knock him out. and kidnap him and we car chasing shoes arnie all of a sudden is awake now we're talking about moments where arnie's very relaxed about things he's a man about 20 minutes ago was just looking at buying a re-pet buying freaky devil worshipping dolls within the space of this time has discovered that he's got a clone in his house and then is willingly murdering people and is happy when he runs over people (laughs) yeah I thought I was going to be the only one who noticed that. <laughs> how 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 is how is he so blasé and relaxed about? Ha ha ha! I've just run over some guy. <laughs> it's not even just the fact that he's relaxed. It's the the way he does it. Like if people people need to go and watch this because you'll probably miss it if you're not looking for it. But when he runs him over, he smiles and gives himself like a yes, <laughs> like a self high five. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is this just inner Arnie? Is this always his character? Like, we're talking about Oscars. He's never going to win one because, I mean, he could play, like, the, you know, abused child of a priest who's coming to terms with his childhood who all of a sudden is willingly happy to kill people. Like, you know, it's it's Arnold Schwarzenegger's human nature to be happy to murder people. When he was the governor of California, I'm sure he'd be like, who's getting executed today, Terry? Let's go to the prison and watch. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Um, I, I don't know if the death penalty is a thing in California. Apologies to Californians if it's not. But um, anyway. Now we've deeply offended yeah. our audience. Yes, exactly. In an episode where I've talked about pedophiles and called Wendy Crewson's character a <laughs> slut, uh, I'm more concerned about offending people from California. <laughs> uh, and your new arch nemesis is a nine-year-old girl. <laughs> Well, she's not nine anymore. I'm sure she's older now and is probably still a little shit. But um, well, what was her name? Clara Gibson. Taylor Ann Reed. Whoever she is. You're a little shit in the sixth day, Taylor Ann Reed, if you're listening. And I'm sure you're probably not one anymore. So, um, okay. Apparently I she, wonder if she's on Twitter. She was born in Vancouver. She's now 27. So, she's quite attractive now. So, good for you, Taylor. <laughs> Proving just how superficial our host Ben Waterworth is. 
Anyway, uh, so yeah, this car chase happens. Uh, I mean, the, the whole stuff here, you've got to love the, the Cindy stuff with the, the, yeah. the bad guys. I mean, they've got names, the bad guys. Did we actually learn their names in this in this movie? Well, I mean, the the funny one who keeps dying is Wiley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they mentioned him. And he has by far the best moment in there where it's like, will you be my mom? I don't want to be your mom. He gets really <laughs> upset about it. And I love the fact that they're like these, you know, tough macho people who are willing to just kill a man because he's a clone, nothing else. Yet they know that this is a doll. Why can't, like, I mean, they eventually do blow a head off, but why can't they just do that in the first place? And, like, they're so worried at first about, like, you know, oh, don't make a noise. We don't want um, real Adam to hear clone Adam getting killed. But within moments, you know, everything's blowing up. Cars are getting stolen. Trees are this. Why can't they just leave the doll behind at that point? Their car was blown. (laughs) Like, it doesn't matter if there's a creepy devil doll in the street. Uh, and this doll can't take a hint when it's like, can you please just be quiet for a second? <laughs> but, like, every single thing that happens to it, it has a pain threshold. You know? <laughs> Ow! <laughs> <laughs> why, why is this doll built to have that built in? <laughs> so, like, if, if Clara, the little Happened. shit with her doll, starts, like, <laughs> punching it, like, oh, it's about me! Where's stuff to do with me? This doll's like, hey, don't hit <laughs> Why? Because this doll really only has two things it does. It asks you meaningless questions nonstop, and it cries at everything. It this is, is the worst doll ever. A Furby. I mean, it's seriously... It's like later on with Hank's virtual girlfriend when she gets shot. <laughs> How does she know she, she's a hologram? Like... <laughs> yeah. And if she can look completely normal, why can't they apply that technology to Cindy Simpal? Like... Cindy Demon Baby here. Wouldn't you rather like a... Like if the purpose of this, which little shit daughter says, is like, I want a friend. And I'm like, you can make real friends. Like, can't you just have a hologram little girl? Like if... if Yeah, exactly. If hologram virtual girlfriend I mean, is so good that it can unzip your fly and clearly do other things with you, like why can't you have little shit hologram girl I, who probably can do more? I, I think the answer to that is because it could probably do more, and we know kids in 2015 are going to reprogram this to do things it shouldn't do. And the pedophiles, so... <laughs> <laughs> what is with you a pedophile? I really need that to shut up. That came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Don't... Now you just labelled me, Colin. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, i got to go register in the morning. Thanks. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, the car chase, uh, we see Sarah Winter and Wiley die, then we get the cliff. Um, Now, again, nitpicking, this is what we do. The car goes over the cliff. It crashes into what looks to be less than a metre's worth of water. It's very shallow. Arnie somehow eventually jumps into the water, probably a couple of metres to the right of where the car previously crashed, but now it's deep enough for him to swim into? I mean, did, was I the only one yeah. that was annoyed with that? I, with with his build, too. I mean, <laughs> it's going to take some pretty deep water for this guy to hide. And I, I don't know, like, can they not see down there, too? Uh, it, it just, there's a lot of buffoonery with the henchmen in this movie, which is probably the reason why most of them are killed later on, you know, uh, willingly killed by their boss. And I also, I love the fact that, 
they keep getting brought back to life. And as Drucker says later on, you know, it costs me $1.2 million every time I do this. It's kind of like, well, wouldn't you just hire other people? Clearly they were shit and they keep dying. So, like, wouldn't you maybe get someone better? <laughs> I think they just went to the James Bond henchman recruiting agencies. And, I mean, there's a James Bond plot line. Let's kill off our, um, our henchmen and bring them back. Here's Jaws again. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we got Die Another Day, so why not more science fiction with clones and genetic manipulation? I love how... Didn't we have... The Sixth Day is basically the sequel to Die Another Day. I love how Colin is the one that, again, brings up Die Another Day before I do, and we're not even talking about James <laughs> Bond, so... I think you brought up Lee Tamahori earlier, true. so that counts. True, very true. Uh, so, anyway, uh, Arnie eventually survives, but we, we then get to see, we get to meet Robert Duvall for the first time. Uh, again, we don't mention people's characters on this podcast, we just mention the actors, because... Yeah, that's right, <laughs> we don't know their names. Dr. Griffin Weir, um, we, we get to go to, uh, what is, what is the company called? Replacement Technologies? I mean, new, new pet, new wheat, new organ... I- thought it was tony goldwyn's <laughs> building <laughs> we got a tony goldwyn's building uh, <laughs> now there's lots of protests going on i mean protesters don't sleep in denver apparently they just like to yeah they protest everything <laughs> yes. where where is our quarterback why is he not really dead where is johnny Phoenix? They're, they're outside of charter x or whatever it's like no more remotes no more remotes <laughs> save the remotes think of the children <laughs> atheist <laughs> but what, what this building i love how they've got giant holograms of of drucker and and robert Duval. what is the purpose of that they just keep going on repeat you know when you're in a shop for like an hour and they're playing the same cd yeah. and you get sick of the same song like wouldn't the receptionist at drucker's building get sick of Welcome to Replacement Technologies. We create life. Zoom. Welcome to... Like, I mean... This seems to be like a pointless thing. Why not just have a sign saying, Welcome to Replacement Technologies. There are no doubt songs (laughs) that still to this day I cannot listen to because of working at Best Buy for a month and a half. (laughs) So, yeah, these people are in agony right now. Yeah, well, I mean, that is pretty much the reason why I hate Leona Lewis and Adele working in a music store where it's like, hey, they're new, let's play their CD nonstop 24 hours a day for the next four months. Um, Yes, it drives you crazy. Well, I think that's what radio does as well. <laughs> yes. Damn people in radio. So we learned about... Can I just... Uh, yes, go, please. Before we get into anything else, can I point out, at the time this came out, Robert Duvall doing an Arnold Schwarzenegger sci-fi action movie was pretty much the oddest casting in the history of movies. Nowadays, you see stuff like this all the time. I mean, Anthony Hopkins shows up in Thor, and you know it's not going to be long before Jack Nicholson's in the next Will Ferrell uh, movie, but... <laughs> Like, at this time, to have a respected actor who had basically two back-to-back Oscar nominations in the years prior to this, doing a supporting role in a Schwarzenegger movie was so out of place. But I think that... Let's let's call this movie revolutionary for at least one thing. This was the first blockbuster to get a respected older actor in a supporting role, and it's something that everybody does now. Well, it's actually completely funny that you mentioned Jack Nicholson, because, again... 
reading the IMDb trivia, apparently Jack Nicholson was considered for this role, but was thought to be too expensive. So, um, there you go. What they're saying is Robert Duvall works cheap. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny you mentioned about Jack Nicholson. Will he do a Will Ferrell movie? I mean, he did an Adam Sandler movie, so... Um, oh, that's right. <laughs> and it all started here. Well, I love how we seem to be ripping shit into Adam Sandler. Can I just say, and this probably will turn people off this podcast forever, I like Adam Sandler, so I don't know why I'm ripping shit into him. So, because he's Adam Sandler, you know, whatever. Um, but at this point, you know, we, we get... Robert Duvall, he's talking about shit, and then people are talking about, like, oh, cloning, it's illegal. Would you do this? Would you do that? And in comes Drucker, like, oh, you know, cloning isn't that bad. And, of course, we get the, the moral explanation, you know, if you had a 10-year-old boy, and, you know, I mean, it's a good question. This is, again, I guess what we talked about at the beginning of this episode. A lot of your take on this movie can really come down to your beliefs on cloning, you know. I mean, again, if you agree with cloning and don't see a problem with it, you're probably going to see Arnie as the bad guy, but if you are... I love that you say, if you agree with cloning, as if this is something that happens in parts of the world. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's kind of like what you were saying before. I mean, about... if, you've, if you've personally been burned by a clone of yours just not turning out right, <laughs> yes, that's when you really draw the line. Well, like, look, uh, look uh, complete honesty, I personally, from a moral standpoint, don't see that big of a deal with cloning, and I don't see that one day in the future why you couldn't clone, clone a human. So, to me, a lot of this movie at the end, I'm like, Arnold Schwarzenegger's a terrorist. <laughs> like, he's just <laughs> blowing up buildings and stopping people from doing something that, okay, is illegal. But it's, it's not like these people are capturing Simpau Cindy's for pedophile rings, you know? It's like, I mean, <laughs> they're doing something that, it's like, it's like medical marijuana. People don't necessarily agree with it, but it's still legal in some parts of the world. So, that's a really bad example. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, taking pot because you're sick and cloning yourself, kind of different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, why am I hosting this episode, I mean, I Colin? Like, <laughs> I like all this stuff. Like, we've been making fun of this movie, and, and as you said, we enjoy this movie, partly because you can make fun of it. But there's good stuff here, and you mentioned that scene with Tony Goldwyn at Tony Goldwyn uh, headquarters there. <laughs> uh, and that, that whole speech he has... Uh, it's a really good scene and there's some good writing in there. And it's one of those moments where I say you could have made a minority report style sci-fi thriller out of this. If you wanted to, I don't disagree with their decision to make it this because I like fun, dumb Schwarzenegger action movies, but this is one of the things that's underrated is that there's a lot of good stuff in here. The henchman uh, stuff that we saw with that chase scene earlier was uh, a lot of fun. There's some great characters in this movie and, uh, some interesting ideas that not a lot of movies had capitalized on at this point with cloning subplots. And we, we learn that fish are also cloned. It's solving world hunger. So, you know, there you go. That's good. Um, I mean, I agree with everything you said. Having said that, I'm apparently about to nitpick something. Um, when he's giving the whole speech and he's talking about the, you know, the, the 10-year-old boy and the 10-year-old boy with an inoperable brain tumor, and he says, he says, you can't clone a brain but you can clone a human. I mean, am I the only one here questioning that? Because if you're cloning a human, they're going to have to have a brain. So why can't you just clone the brain and not the whole human? I, I think the the memories part of it is me what they're referring to, because that's, the uh, that's the other part of this plot. It's not just, well, we need your blood sample. We need to 
have your memory backed up on a hard drive and everything and that that's where it gets maybe a little bit too confusing for its own good yeah and i mean i'll get to that too because i've got some questions about that after but yeah uh so we meet robert deval's wife she's sick it's sad um we also learn that drucker and the speaker of the house who's also got a sick child and you know going to these moral questions like you know would you do something to fix him if he was if even if it was illegal uh, I mean, again, this is the Speaker of the House. He's, what, like third in line to be the President of the United States. Mm-hmm. And he's basically willing to commit, you know... I mean, again, it's it's that moral question. Would you do it? I mean, it's, it's, it's as you said, there's lots of stuff in this movie that is much more than just Arnie blowing shit up. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it is it's an interesting question. Again, we won't we won't nitpick it too much then from that point. <laughs> it's it's a movie that made many thirteen and eighteen year olds walk out of the theater really thinking about life. <laughs> yes, exactly. Speaking of thinking about life, we then cut to Arnie in a police station. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have to say, no, no, it was the clone. Seriously. <laughs> This this is the part where the cops literally giving the point of like okay this is what people's reaction would be to this. <laughs> I love the I'm your digital court appointed attorney. You don't have to answer that. <laughs> Loading digital psychiatrist. I feel you are avoiding talking about your parents. <laughs> I love it. It's so funny. Um... But then, of course, the the henchmen people um, <laughs> that don't have names, Terry Crews and the gang, um, are hacking into the computer to basically make him believe he's a psychiatric patient. Um, and this is also, I guess, where we see them cloning the henchmen. I mean, this is where, what, Sarah Winter and, and Wiley are getting cloned. Uh, we get naked yeah. Sarah Winter, fresh off the set of having sex for the first time on Sex and the City, uh, waking up. I love the bit when she wakes up. Goddamn son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> and we get we get like a reprise of that later on with Tony Goldwyn. It's just it, it it's kind of funny to think that these people are picking up one second after they died. Which again, I have problems with that when yes. we get to. Uh, a little bit of a plot hole later on. Oh, yes. I've got... <laughs> there are... Que- again, similar to what I said about time travel. Like, if you watch Back to the Future and legitimately analyse lots of things, you'd be like, huh, what? Why? How does this work? And so, I guess, similar to cloning. You're like, well, how does this happen? But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we go back to the, the room. Arnie's detained. Why do they have a TV in his detainment room? Like, I mean, if he had just gone on a murderous spree and killed half of Denver... Are they really going to want him to see the news? Because that's, you know, psychotic. Like, oh, yes, I'm... uh, Apparently he's French now. Uh (laughs) (laughs) But you you know what? Even even those with mental illness and even those who are serial killers need to know what's going on with Johnny Phoenix on a day-to-day basis. I know. Johnny Phoenix. Like, how is that contract going? (laughs) I think we've missed the part. I do like that line when he gets there and he's like, I'd say I feel like a million bucks, but I would have taken a pay cut. Like, that's kind of funny. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Arnie escapes. He smashes through. They're coming to kill him. He sees him through the little window. Um, He bumps into Wiley outside. You know, kills him again. Again, I, it's funny. I like this kind of constant running joke that Wiley just gets killed all the time. And he's like, try to stay dead this time. <laughs> and I just want to point something out uh, about Wiley. Uh, first of all, I, I just want to say, I, the reason I love Wiley more than any of the other characters in this movie is because he he has 
this this cool quirk where he's always feeling the effects of the kill. Yeah. Ah, my my chest is really tight. I feel like I got run over. This like, it's all in your head. He's like, oh, there's something wrong with my throat. No, it's it's a really fun quirk, and that's something that they gave the the henchmen in this that they didn't give as much to with the other supporting characters, like even some of the ones who had a bigger role in this. And I kind of also like the the fact that. Um, you know, it's it's that it's almost like the thing. Like at that point when he says, "Like oh, you know, what, you know, annoys me. I never even see a white light." And it's kind of like, you know, again, like as you were joking about, like fifteen-year-olds <laughs> leaving the cinema thinking about stuff. Like, you know, these are people that have literally been killed, so they know what it's like to die. So, you know, I mean, that's mm. probably the number one question in all humans: what's it like when you die? So they know. And then it's kind of like later on when you know Sarah Winters like oh, it kind of takes the fun out of being alive, doesn't it? Like. Yeah. You know, these are people that are just used to dying by that point. So it's kind of, it's, again, those interesting questions. Is this the most thought-provoking Arnold Schwarzenegger movie ever? <laughs> <laughs> like, now that we're thinking well, about it. <laughs> let's see. It is, it's really between this and Escape Plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure when we get to Batman and Robin, <laughs> we're not going to be like, what's the thought process behind Mr. Freeze here? Does he really want to save his dying girlfriend? Like... <laughs> Although we do know that every person sitting in the theater when he froze the guy and said, I hate it when people talk during the movie, was thinking the same thing. Uh, So at this point, we realize that Hank is still alive. Now, they've they've accidentally cloned Adam because they thought Hank was Adam, right? So they've Mm. obviously at one point realized, oh, shit. They're all Arnie, apparently. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) We've cloned... They've cloned his accent themselves. Well, there's another thing. They clone Hank, exactly. But it's a... Yeah, how do you clone that? Yeah. <laughs> they've they've realized their mistake, so then they've gone back and cloned Hank because he actually died. I, I mean, <laughs> again, Arnie not caring about stuff for somebody whose best friend didn't show up to his party. He's just forgotten about that pretty quickly, and in about ten minutes, when Hank dies, he gets over his best friend's death in like two seconds. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyway, so we get this whole section. He's back at his house. We meet the virtual girlfriend. Haha, isn't that funny? Uh, <laughs> and then we end up going back to Arnie's house because he's going to kill himself. And this is my question I've always had is like, if you are cloned and you kill your clone, is that murder or suicide? But hey, whatever your opinion is. <laughs> and like, <laughs> you spent a lot of time thinking about this. If I clone myself <laughs> and I really just got sick of the guy, would that be suicide or murder? <laughs> That's a good question, I think. It's it's one of these ones that we can, you know, have a whole episode on. But I love we talk about Arnie like being so quick to be happy to murder people. The fact that he's there and he's like, I'm going to kill my clone and he like walks out of these bushes yeah. with a gun. He's there for like two seconds before he changes his mind. Goes back to the bushes and goes, I couldn't do it. Like, <laughs> seriously? He was just too handsome. <laughs> I really want to have more fun with him. Ooh, look how sexy he is. Um, yeah, like, wouldn't that be your thought? Like, seriously, if you're a very uh, self-centered person, you'd probably be very pleased with a clone. It's like, what a great guy he is. <laughs> seriously, I love him. This is this is where I was saying before about if there really is five Arnie's. We just, we just, you know, if this was like a comedy, you know there would be a scene where Arnie, instead of just going, cool, together, is going to be like, I'll be back, I'll be back. Hasta la vista, hasta yeah. la vista. No, I'll be back. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Because these guys are very competitive. That's the other funny thing. As clones, they seem to be completely different people. So maybe there's a flaw in the cloning process. Maybe at one point, Wiley was the mastermind of the organization. Well, it also begs the question, like, what is their end game when they're eventually saving their family and they meet and all this kind of stuff? It's like, 
they're both there and they've both got the same woman and child they're in love with. Like, I mean... Yeah. They can't, and the exact same memories. You know, and I mean, ultimately one of them buggers off to Argentina. But, like, is, is that really... Are you really satisfied with that? This is a guy, the whole movie's doing everything to get his life back, but then he's like, oh, who cares? I go to Argentina. Like, yeah, I'll leave my family. That's fine. Do they swap every 12 months? Like, and then they, yeah, and they had no memories of that. I mean, that's the point. Like... Argentina yeah. Arnie doesn't know what normal Arnie did. Like, they could have discovered BDSM. I can't even pronounce it. They could have watched Fifty Shades of Grey, and they could have been into that stuff. But then Argentina Arnie doesn't know that. after all. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. We've mentioned Fifty Shades of Grey. We've jumped the shark. Um, so <laughs> well, we could imagine that that would be a scene in the six-day universe version when you have the virtual... <laughs> virtual uh, Fifty Shades of Grey characters. Yes. Oh, don't we look forward to the day when we ever have to talk about those movies? That's like Twilight. That's when we've done every movie in history, like that's, ever. That's when we hit like you know a hundred <laughs> reviews or something yeah. like that. We will give you Fifty Shades of Grey and Twilight yes. <laughs> just back to back on the Oz Network. <laughs> so <laughs> we, that's so this is our guilty pleasures category. That's in our fucking shit category. <laughs> <laughs> That's it over my dead and my clone's dead body <laughs> yes. category. That's where you and I will clone ourselves and our clones can do the episode <laughs> and we can go watch Morani, all right? It's that simple. Um, so basically at this point, you know, we the the guards, the guards, the henchmen are coming after him still. Uh, we get great little scenes of um, real Arnie doing Wendy Crewson. Um, I love it when he. I love it when he walks out of the shed to see why like, Oliver is barking. He zips his fly up. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like wow. Wendy Crewson really wants Arnie in this movie. It wasn't very subtle. I mean, yeah, there's some moments in here, but this is the other scene I I love the the back and forth thing with you know him in the house and the kid coming and he's watching himself. It's very like Back to the Future two yeah. with. Uh, Marty watching the other Marty and George uh, watching George do his thing, watching himself watch George do the thing. I mean, uh, there's a lot of fun ideas in this movie that they they do good things with. And uh, the other funny thing I I liked earlier on when he is at Michael Rappaport's apartment and um, the the virtual girlfriend (laughs) jumps on him. He has no resistance to this whatsoever. And then, like, I swear, five minutes later, he shuts it off, and he's all of a sudden outraged. Like, she was unbuttoning my zipper. <laughs> like, a couple seconds ago, you were just sitting there, like, oh, yeah, come on, baby. More. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he's like, stop it. <laughs> uh, again, bipolar Arnie. It's, it's just like. <laughs> Happy to be with the virtual... No, not anymore. <laughs> I mean, I would turn around and say the virtual girlfriend's more annoying than Clara, but, I mean, you know, she's a girlfriend, so, I mean, that's kind of expected. But, um, Aren't you single right now? <laughs> that's why. So... <laughs> <laughs> I did like, I, I, she's got some funny moments like when Hank's dead is Hank sleeping on the floor again <laughs> <laughs> I also like they, they put the, here now we're going to be giving this movie maybe this is why it's guilty pleasure because sometimes we're going to give it more credit than it deserves I love that they really nailed your typical girlfriend <laughs> character she's like I recorded your sports <laughs> programs for you like she doesn't even know the names shall of shall we it. watch them together <laughs> 
The Denver Broncos are playing the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> in the World Series again, aren't they? Hey, aren't the Denver Broncos playing in the Stanley Cup tonight? Let's watch them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, so Hank dies because, you know, up shows the, the gang of <laughs> nameless henchmen. The security guards? <laughs> the security guards, whoever they are. Um, we get the fight in the car, but um, actually, before that, we've met Trip again, everybody's favourite assassin, um, who essentially is just a, a religious nut job. Can we just seriously say, on Wikipedia... He's a stoner! On Wikipedia, his description is, a religious fundamentalist strongly against cloning. This guy is like, what's that church where they're like, they picket like dead soldiers funerals the, the west baptro the westboro yeah, yeah. That, he's basically a member of them <laughs> like he's willing to kill people because he honestly you know i'm i'm still holding to the theory that he's just a stoner that doesn't know what he's doing because the weirdest line comes out of this which is towards the why did you kill hank and he's like hank was an abomination because he was a clone i know because i killed the original <laughs> it's like you just ask why did you kill him it's like i killed him because he was a clone and he was cloned because I killed the original. Yep. It's like, well, you haven't answered the question why you killed him. You just raised another question out of that. Now, now, look, I don't know what the uh, terminology is for clone discrimination, but like, is he clonist? Because like, he's just clonism. Cl- like, I mean, if if he was just going around saying like, "You're gay, you're an abomination," he's homophobic. So like, he's killing clones because they're an abomination. So he's what clonophobic? <laughs> Like, I mean, he's not doing anything wrong just because he's a clone. He can't help being a clone. He was born that way. Listen to Lady Gaga. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stop before we get on Lady Gaga. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey, Lady Gaga, Sex in the City. Ben, these are also reasons why you're single. Yeah, Ben's like, I'm a man, so I don't watch that. I'm a man. I watch Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ooh, Desperate Housewives. I do manly things like watch Schwarzenegger and listen to Lady Gaga. That's what Arnold Schwarzenegger, that quote, be more manly. That's, that's my manly. message tone on my phone. It's like, Ben, be more manly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so through this chase, Trip's escaping. The the other guys are there. Um, he kills himself. Now this is this is the thing. He shoots himself in the head. He's like, shoot me in the head, so they can't you know get my memories. Later on, when when um, Drucker, no, not Drucker, um, Robert Duvall gets shot through the hand or the head. <laughs> we're back. To, we're back to real names, people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, we'll get to that because I mean, if you get shot in the head, you can't get cloned if you get shot in the head. Yeah, there's a whole thing there because in the helicopter when Trip was killing him, where was he shooting them in the first place? But can you if they've scanned your mind before that? See, there's lots of questions. Maybe here. they've never scanned Trip's brain because he's an idiot. Uh, Maybe there's nothing to scan because he's a stoner. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So if you if you scan your brain when you're stoned, do you like come back as like completely fucked up? He's also worried about, you know, cloning being an abomination, but apparently murder and suicide aren't yes. in his mind. Uh, he plays the typical religious person. Um, so, hello to all our religious listeners. Uh, I do like the bit where the the, the main henchman, let's see, what's his name here? Uh, uh, Ro- uh, Robert Marshall, Michael Rooker. Plays Ro- Michael Rooker, let's just call him Rooker. Rooker. When he gets his legs shot off. 
Um, and then he's like, and he stands there for about twenty minutes, going ah, <laughs> ah. And he's and he's thinking, these were new boots. Like, who cares? There's no blood on them. He's just shot your leg off. Take them off and put them on your new clone body. Like, it's... So, Wiley may actually be the smartest one there because. When Michael Rooker and Sarah Winter are killed, it's all, my new boots. Oh, my God, to do my hair again. When Wiley's killed, he's like, seriously, like, did you guys realize we just died? Like, he's the only one who reacts to anything in this movie. Schwarzenegger kills a man. Yes. (laughs) Wiley's, like, the smart one here is like, I I, I don't know how to get over this. I I died. I still feel the pain. He's the smart one. And again, Arnold Schwarzenegger, all in a night, is willing to kill people again, blow thumbs off, blow legs off, and he's completely fine with it. I mean, I'm sorry. If right now, like, Terry Crews and Sarah Winter knock on my door, try and kill me, I kill them, I'm going to be slightly disturbed that I've just murdered people. (laughs) I don't think I'm mentally capable of just dealing with the fact I've killed people straight away. Like, oh, well, that was fine. When we... When we do get to, you know, clone Adam meeting real Adam, I just want the clone Adam to have told the story and the scene picks up with real Adam. Do you realize how many people you just killed? Like, that's illegal. It's it's immoral. Like, you don't go around killing people. And the other one's like, no, it's no big deal. That's why they're like, cool. (laughs) Like, yeah, cool. And that's why that's why clone Adam goes to Argentina because deep down he knows that real Adam is going to go to jail for murder and blowing up a building. <laughs> I've mostly committed genocide here in Colorado. <laughs> like I'm not welcome here no more. <laughs> oh, we should restart this episode and do it all in an Arnie accent. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to <laughs> the Oz Network. My name is Colin, <laughs> and I'm very cool. <laughs> Uh, so I, I mean yeah alright where are we uh, the wife Robert DeVal's wife is dying she wants to die that's sad uh, <laughs> a lot of people want to kill themselves in this movie I only wish Schwarzenegger wants to kill himself <laughs> Duvall's wife wants to kill herself I love the fact that her only wish is like what are my flowers <laughs> like, <laughs> honey can I remarry can I you know what else would you just water my flowers <laughs> <laughs> but we also, I mean, there is a, a I guess, a, an actual uh, important plot line here. It's discovered she has cystic fibrosis, which is impossible because it's only in children. Um, and we'll find out about that soon. Um, and then, meanwhile, Arnie is, he's found out about uh, replacement technologies through Trip. I mean, he did have a purpose, I guess. So he then steals Sarah Winter's thumb. Because to start the car in 2015, you need your thumb. And then I love it when he, like, gets into the building and, you know, he's got the, the flesh-eating virus. I wouldn't open it. Yeah. Like, worst security <laughs> ever. We'll get to that later when it comes to the helicopter landing on the roof. I'm here to pick up Mr. Drucker. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, come on in. <laughs> but I love it when he's up in the elevator and he drops it. I'm all thumbs today. <laughs> like, I mean... <laughs> Again, like, uh, the script writer's just like, if Kevin Costner was in this role, that wouldn't work. But Arnie can <laughs> drop that, it will work. Um, yeah, uh... <laughs> the thing with the flesh-eating virus is, again, just another example of him being so cool with everything. <laughs> like, your tip, Kevin Costner would at least be nervous, like, um, um, oh, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a heart transplant or whatever. Here he's like, oh, sure, just open it. Here, here, why don't you put on this mask and these gloves? Because, you know, you may die from opening it. 
And where are the, like, the, the x-ray scanners? I mean, this is definitely not 2015 yeah. because, I mean, in 2015, you can't go into a museum or anything in America without going through some sort of scanner. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Denver is no different. It's in America. <laughs> Denver. <laughs> I mean, I guess this movie was made pre-9-11, so, you know, things. this may be what 2015 would have been like if 9-11 didn't happen, so... Alternate universe, yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, of course, at this same point while Arnie's breaking in, uh, we get the uh, what conversation, basically. Um, where am I jumping ahead here? I think I'm jumping ahead. Oh, when he takes the security guard? No, I'm thinking that we've got the Robert Duvall conversation with... Uh, with Drucker about the diseases. No, I'm jumping ahead. I'm missing. Where am I? What am I doing here, Colin? I'm thinking about other things, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) Again, if we were professional, we'd edit this out to make it sound better, but we didn't do that. Um, Can we release you an intro to these edit points that don't become edit points? Yeah, the security guy, okay. I shouldn't be hearing this, <laughs> but we're too lazy to take it out. We're talking about the great security in this building. Like, random security guard, can I help you? <laughs> like, yes, you can put your thumb here. Like, what security guard? He's looking at him so suspiciously, just like the guy who's looking at him before when he drops a thumb on the ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just drop my pen. <laughs> Seriously, that is kind of obvious that that was a human finger. (laughs) I think you're going to notice that. And you're suspicious of him already before he drops a finger. (laughs) Does your pen bleed and have purple nail polish, sir? It's a new pen. Uh, New pet gave it to me when I got Oliver cloned. It's a thumb. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'll, we get the we get the, here we go. This is where I know what I'm doing. I'm reading my notes correctly now. The, the gang of well, can I just cut in yes, for a please second? Please do make me think more. Can we can we update this to real 2015? If this had been made in 2015, and right there instead of I just drop because I thought it was awkward. Right here, I just dropped my pen. Like I don't know anybody who uses a pen for anything anymore. <laughs> now it would be like I just dropped my thumb drive. <laughs> like that would have been a perfect line for real 2015. And well, exactly. It would <laughs> with thumb drives a thing in 2000. Like, I don't think so. You know, if this was like George Lucas, he could re-edit this and re-release it and be like, (laughs) dub it over with, you know, thumb drive. But, uh, yes, the the gang of... And and no XFL. (laughs) Exactly. The gang of henchmen walk in and I like the bit when Sarah Winter's trying to get in and they're like, you know, we've already got you in the building. And that woman's just like, you just entered a restricted area. (laughs) Like, you know, just has to say that to let us know where Arnie is right now. Um, What if she was so dumb? She's like, oh, did I? Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And why do they let her in still? Like, again, shit security. Yeah, exactly. Why are they automatically... What if she's the imposter? I mean, they're in a building where they clone people. (laughs) (laughs) Could they not think that the real one's already in there and this one's a clone? (laughs) (laughs) Is it that easy to get into these buildings, just dress up as someone? You're already in the building. Oh, but clearly I'm the real one. Um, cut to Terry Crews and, uh, and is, is that Sarah Winter? Where, who's, who's chasing after the family? It's Terry Crews and Sarah Winter, isn't it? 
I did not make notes of that. Anyway, henchmen's are going if, to the if house. If we can't remember, it's Terry Crews because this is the first time we've mentioned him since <laughs> the beginning. Hey, wasn't that Terry Crews? I love the fact that he. <laughs> one of the funniest scenes in this whole movie is when Terry Crews is in their house. They've kicked all the doors down. He goes to the fridge and angrily like destroys like four things in the fridge <laughs> and then grabs a beer. <laughs> Terry Crews, pissed off. I'm going to destroy the pickles in the fridge, but I want a beer. Uh, yogurt and, and cheese sticks. Oh, stupid pickles. Uh, but yes, we, we do get a scene with Arnie and Robert Duvall. Again, their characters' names. Who cares? Because that's who they are. And if that wasn't the great follow-up to the first time we saw Al Pacino and Robert De Niro on screen together, this is what everybody was crying for. When are we going to get Robert Duvall and Arnold Schwarzenegger have a scene together? Movie history made. Uh, and this is... <laughs> This is basically the, let's explain how we cloned you, what happened, uh, the whole sim courting ideas and all this sort of stuff. Um, you know, things like clone have no rights and things like this. And, you know, it's I guess it's a lot of moral stuff. And, I mean, Robert Duvall, again, very calm for somebody holding a gun at him. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, oh, well, I'll just explain. Back to back, this is why he didn't get his third Oscar nomination three years in a row. <laughs> and and how does he know that that straight away is Adam Gibson? Because, like, he straight away goes and gets his sim courting. I mean, I guess they would probably know that we accidentally cloned this bulky Austrian guy instead of <laughs> weedy. They couldn't recognize him when they cloned the wrong guy and it didn't match the dead body. He was like, oh, hey, Adam, what's up? Yes, exactly. My, I, I want to ask this question about sim courtings and, you know, this recording memories. And, again, this is just us nitpicking and... And going too much into the idea of a science fiction film about cloning. If it's that easy for you to simply put your face in a machine and it, like, basically record everything in your life and put it on a hard drive, would this not kind of be like a weird minority report that, like, if, if you were accused of a crime, you were accused of murder, all they would have to do is knock you out put you in this machine, watch what you actually did, and go, oh, yeah, you did kill that person. You're going to jail. They wouldn't need courts. Everything would be solved. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, this this is a whole movie in itself, but rather than the fact that they're illegally cloning people, should they not be celebrating the fact that they've kind of cured crime, essentially, or at least gotten rid of the courts because this is, by no shadow of a doubt, proving guilt and innocence? And that's why having it a billionaire as the villain makes more sense. Because if you turn this over, then it's no longer something that's privatized that you can make money off of. So that would be my best explanation. It's like, well, this is the only way we're making money. If we let people know that there are good uses for this, then we're going to go poor. And who wants to go poor? Nobody. And, and again. Other than Robert Duvall's wife. <laughs> and again, it's like, you know, is is Michael Drucker really a villain? He could be seen as a good guy. <laughs> so... Well, except he's holding back this technology from actually saving lives of anybody who's not a billionaire, <laughs> and he's not allowing it to save crimes, but using it to commit crimes. In the meantime, we're at uh, the recital of Little Shit Daughter, and um, <laughs> Horny Wendy Crewson... The day the teddy bears have their picnic. Horny Wendy Crewson has closed her legs for a few minutes while she's with Arnie. <laughs> and, <laughs> You brought it up. I'm just running with the joke. Um, Wait, but all of your notes amount to 
<laughs> trying to get into bed with Arnie, trying to sleep with him again. <laughs> All my notes are little shit daughter on stage. Little shit daughter goes missing. <laughs> Do you think in a few scenes when she's blindfolded, she's actually thinking in the back of her head, it's like, is this a game, Adam? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I watched Fifty Shades of Grey too. That's, that's like her first scene when she eventually gets unblindfolded. Is this because of the smoking? <laughs> I don't. All he had to do at that point was go, "Yes, honey, we got to escape." <laughs> um, or you get the nine one one call. I love the nine one one call from like yeah. real Adam. Thank you for reporting a felony. <laughs> <laughs> I don't come on come on aggress yes. it reminds me isn't there an episode of the Simpsons where they do that where it's like thank you for calling 911 <laughs> uh, in the meantime the helicopter that escapes with little shit daughter and horny Wendy is like blowing up the building and no one inside hears a helicopter shooting at the building um, These things are loud too. Clone Arnie has found out he's stolen his SIM cording. He's then realised that his children might be in danger. So he shows up at the right time, and then we get the scene. Here it is. They meet each other. <laughs> Real Arnie uh, does nothing wrong except calling nine one one and then gets punched. <laughs> poor, poor Real Arnie. <laughs> Who the hell are you? Um, and what's it? He's one line when he's trying to say Natalie and Clara. (laughs) 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 I mean, I don't know if you've got anything to add. I mean, I'm just kind of skipping over because stuff's happening here. There's fights. There's There's... There's lots of things happening that I'm missing here, I feel. Yeah, I don't know if, uh, if, if it's at this point or earlier on, but when they reveal, um, how Drucker died, they watched the video of this, which is supposed to be taken from the SIM cording. But the problem with that is that you're taking that recording up until the point you do the scan. And suddenly they can see the last moments he was alive, which would imply he would have to have this done after he was dead, which is impossible. And this is where I think the biggest plot hole of the movie comes, unless somebody out there can explain it. They took these scans hours earlier in the day. How are they able to watch footage of how he died later on? Because they even say, like, I thought, I thought, well, maybe they can do this after death or whatever. But why is it that nobody else can remember anything? Like with with Adam and um, Hank, you know, they don't remember anything from after the scan was taken. But all the villains can remember the moment they died, Hmm. and they even have the recordings of this. I think. I am. I, I'm pretty sure there's a bit somewhere where they explain that they can be cloned up to 12 hours after they die. Like I think maybe that's when uh, Deval and Drucker are having that conversation, and he's like, "Oh, quick, let's get her." You know, up to 12 hours after they die. So maybe within that 12 hours, they scan them again because their brain, for some reason, can show how they died. But yeah, you like, but like you're right. But, like, how does yeah. Arnold not remember? Because I mean, this is my thing. Like, there's another. Yeah, you <laughs> There's another moment later on that I think goes against that theory, but I'll save it for that part. Well, the thing that kind of freaks me out about it, because it's like, it's you think about it, like, cool, you die, you come back to life, you remember everything. It's like it's like when Sarah Winter says the whole line, like, kind of takes fun out of being alive. Like, to be honest, I wouldn't give a shit. I'm still alive. I've got a couple of dots under my eyes. I still remember everything. <laughs> I'm Whatever, it doesn't feel any different. Nobody knows anything different. But, like, later on when mm. Drucker gets shot and then starts cloning himself, and they're both still alive at the same time. So that Drucker who's yeah. dying is about to die. So when he dies, 
does then all of a sudden he remember like that that's like well how does that work <laughs> like <laughs> what anyway we're reading too much into it uh <laughs> boy i got some other fun stuff for that scene can't wait to get there well in the meantime arnie is with arnie and <laughs> they're building explosives. We learn about the Rainforest War. Doesn't that sound like a spin-off we've missed out on? <laughs> um, and, like, as she was saying before, they're so relaxed with each other. Like, Ken wouldn't real Arnie be like, you killed people, that's not good. <laughs> like, I'm wanted now, I've murdered people. But they're just like, again, they've literally met, like, real Arnie and clone Arnie Again, they're so relaxed about it. Like, freak out, man. You've got a clone of yourself. This is a normal. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? I have not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe, like, I, I don't know if there's been a movie since then that's as good as it. Like, it, it is amazing. But there's a scene on the end where he has to, you think, fight an evil version of himself. And basically what ends up happening is they don't fight because then it's like, oh, no, he's a really good guy. You know, we're going to go get brunch next week. And that's what this felt like to me. It's like, <laughs> you, you have these two guys and you should be like, how are you even alive? Like, I'm I'm not looking in a mirror. The mirror's talking and it's speaking a different language somehow. I don't understand this. And meanwhile, they're just like, oh, oh, maybe we can go get some breakfast. Maybe, oh, cool. Like, let's make some explosives together and reminisce about the, the Rainforest Wars. Like... <laughs> They're just buddies all of a sudden, but then they still spend the rest of the movie just criticizing each other. Like it's it's kind of a weird dynamic between these two. And it's it's also funny because like you mentioned before about you know Arnie must be pretty you know fine with the way he looks and all that sort of stuff. Even though at the beginning of the movie he's like, "Do I look any different?" Like if I've met a clone of myself, that is probably the first time you ever actually get to see yourself how other people see you. That's not in the mirror. Yeah. That's not a photo. That's not this sort of stuff. And I'd be like. Fuck! I really am fat. Like, like, <laughs> you know, like you would just—you would be so nitpicky because you'd be like, "Holy shit! What do you wear? I wear that. Oh my god! I look terrible." Like, it's like when you go into a, a room and you're standing in front of a mirror and there's way too much light in that yes. room, and you're like, "Jeez, what, what happened to me?" <laughs> exactly. But again, Arnie's cool. He's cool with it all. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I really want. Why did you? I don't know. You didn't have to hit me, you know. <laughs> I really want the Rainforest War movie. That just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the Schwarzenegger day. in Rainforest War. But <laughs> <laughs> like we should, we mentioned. I mean, we'll mention this at the end in terms of quote the awards that it got nominated for. But, I oh. mean, this movie did get nominated. Well, Arnie got nominated for a Razzie for Worst Actor, Worst Supporting Actor, and Worst <laughs> Screen Couple. Which, I mean, this was the year of Battlefield Earth, so it was never going to win. But, like, yeah. I mean, how does Arnold Schwarzenegger react that his, his agent comes in? Uh, Mr. Schwarzenegger, you've been nominated for, oh, cool, what award? Uh, worst <laughs> Screen Couple with yourself? That is bullshit! We were great together! <laughs> oh god anyway stop overthinking it um this is this is a scene that i was thinking of um robert deval is angry at michael drucker um because yeah we discover that uh drucker has been deliberately implanting diseases into the clones 
it's kind of leverage. So essentially, if Johnny Phoenix, um, you know, goes back on his contract, they can just let him die. And if he <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, in, again, maybe I'm just evil deep down. I kind of see that as a smart thing. <laughs> you're, you're, you're investing this amount of money, one point two million dollars into a clone each time you get brought back to life, which realistically isn't that much money in this time of year because $300 million for a quarterback, if you're getting $300 million to throw a football, I'm sure $1.2 million isn't worth that much anymore. But, um, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's a good, we get this scene and then ultimately, you know, Robert Duvall gets shot and sort of, he's like, oh, I'm going to bring you back and your wife. So obviously they can bring people back to life up to a certain point, so you forget about something. Um, so we learn that they can alter with your mind, which I guess makes sense if you can put your mind on a hard drive. But mm. uh, my biggest thing here with Robert Duvall, bit of a dumb move, really, wasn't it, by his part, to be like, I quit. You know, this is a guy who yeah. is willing to kill. Wouldn't you just be like, okay, yep, cool, walk out, go to the media... And be like, hey, everyone, <laughs> guess what we've been doing? We've been cloning humans illegally. Arrest Michael Drucker. Like, sure, he's going to go down at the same time, but dying, going to jail. I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, can you imagine, like, somebody in the Manson family, you know what, like, ah, I'm just not cool with this whole mass murder thing. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm out of here. I quit. And the Manson's like, all right. <laughs> See ya. See ya. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you don't. They don't think Robert Duvall a bit dumb. Sorry, Robert, you're a great guy. But, um, <laughs> you're a great guy, Robert Duvall. <laughs> just a bit stupid. Uh, in the meantime, Arnie's called up Drucker. I've got your sim cording. I've got your wife and kid. Let's organize meeting at ten o'clock tonight. <laughs> I just love the way you presented that. It's like I got your sim cording. I got your wife. I got your nose. <laughs> <laughs> The little sim pal Sydney. Yes. Oh god. Look at his collar. He's got his nose. <laughs> Quiet. I'm trying to talk. He's <laughs> read that scene. He's on the phone to Drucker. He's gotten another sim pal Cindy in the background. Mister Drucker, I've got you. Quiet. I'm trying to talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, ten o'clock that night. He's got the helicopter. They blow it up straight away. I mean, what's their plan there? They want to blow up the clone and blow up the sim cording, I guess. So there's the evidence. But, of course, we realise Arnie's with Arnie, flying the helicopter with the remote. We get the bastards. I knew it. (laughs) Uh, And then, lo and behold, he lands on the roof of the building with the worst security in the world. You can't land here. It's a private pad. I'm here to pick up Mr. Drucker. Here's my charter contract with no writing on it. Look at that contract. The fields where they need to write in information is empty. And this guy's just like, okay, cool. Come on in. Yeah. <laughs> At no point does he get on the walkie-talkie and say, uh, Mr. Drucker, we have a charter up here for you, a helicopter. This is like- what? At least probably 11 o'clock at night by this stage. You think you would know the CEO of the company you're guarding is about to bugger off on a helicopter. <laughs> like... And what if he's, like, another way to do this scene would be have him stand, like, ten feet away. This is the contract right here. Don't get too close, got that fleshy disease <laughs> thing I told the other guy about on. I'm immune to that long as you Austrian. don't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, real quick note, I really, I don't know about you, but I like the music, the theme in this movie. Actually, is really good. And it's, like, at this point, it's got a real Batman versus Superman vibe with that real, like, dude. 
like it's dramatic and I don't know. There's a weird explanation. You know what's what's funny about that is I wasn't thinking Batman versus Superman, but the entire time I was watching this, I kept having the theme from Suicide Squad going through my <laughs> head. So I kind of see what you're saying. Well, there you go. See, back to the whole you know better than chocolate vibe. We're on the same wavelength <laughs> somehow, Colin. Uh, this so basically at this point, Arnie the the clone Arnie, Arnie is going to get captured. Because he knows the real Arnie is off with the sim cording, who's actually in the helicopter still. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's smart in a way. But why does Arnie kind of walk in and fight? Like, if his whole plan is to get captured anyway, shouldn't he just be like, you can't land here. Oh, sorry, arrest me. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, he could just die straight away. I mean, that kind of defeats a purpose, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm here to kill Drucker. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, sir. I'll just check with them security. <laughs> I'm the clone you're looking for. <laughs> yes. Clone? We don't clone anyone. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I, I like it when he gets captured and Drucker's like, oh, you must be Adam Gibson. I wish I could say the one and only. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> that's kind of cool. I like that. Uh, so we get this whole, you know, conversation, you know, talking about it, sim corny, blah, 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 but plot twist, we find out that Adam Gibson, that we know and love, who we've gotten to know so well in the last part of this movie, is the clone. We, we <laughs> and we have gotten to know him because if you've noticed in the last 10 minutes, we've started using his character's name finally. <laughs> yes, exactly. We literally know. <laughs> Um, because we get this whole twist, you know, you've got dots under your eyes. That's basically how many times you've been cloned. The one bit here that annoys me is when they get there and they turn to Sarah Winter. How many times have you been cloned? I've lost count. She pulls down her eyes. It's four times. How have you lost count of four times? I mean, if she had like a hundred dots under her eyes, I mean, fair enough. But I, I like, I like that scene and I think it works like it's cause it, yeah. I mean, it's a great twist. It is. Cause you're like, holy shit, he's the clone. Um, and you well, know, like, the dots is like, a kind of a cool where, Yeah, and this is where Roger Spottiswood has a lot more going on in this than maybe the, the material allowed him to do because both of the scenes where there's like a big revelation, you know, where uh, the Schwarzenegger sees the clone of himself and or the real version of himself as we know by now, and then this scene here where they reveal a twist. I mean, I'm not saying that these are like the most earth-shattering twists ever like this isn't luke i'm your father but it's still something that that i don't think they 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 didn't really reveal this to the audience of no there's gonna be people there oh i saw it coming or whatever but i mean it it's it's not that clear and when it is revealed it's a good reveal and it's one of the better parts of the movie and it's what makes this movie interesting is that the main character you thought you were getting behind that you thought was the real guy was actually the clone. I love that. And then all the uh, clonophobes out there are like, oh, damn it, abomination. I've been rooting for the wrong person. Where's Trip? Abomination and an atheist. Yes. I mean, I, I, I do kind of, I like that scene then when, like I mentioned before, when Sarah Winters like, kind of takes the fun out of being alive and then they all kind of have that look on their face like, yeah, we've all died. Like, you know, I mean, again, maybe it's just my mind, but I mean, it wouldn't bother me. But then it's like, this is this is I think the point of the movie where you really it all comes down to what you believe and what you might think about cloning because Drucker's explaining it he's like hey we're finally going to be able to conquer death and then Arnie's basically like what about God it's like I mean at that point I've lost Arnie I'm with Drucker like don't bring religion but into this it's like at the same point 
what happens now when nobody dies and your world is overpopulated in about, I don't know, 100 years? Yeah. Well, you know, this is where you just keep cloning fish and <laughs> everyone just lives. Colonizing it. Mars and that leads us to Total Recall. <laughs> there you go, connecting the Arnie movies. Um, I, li- I like the line when Druck is like, um, yeah, when he's like, what about God? I'm just taking over where God left off. Uh, I mean, Drunk, Drunk, we should, we're, we're giving shit on Tony Goldwyn and you don't like him. He's Bob Saget. And all this. That was me. But he's actually a pr- no. pretty good villain. He's a good, you know, he's a good character. Yeah, like, I I disliked him when I saw this movie for whatever reason. Maybe he did remind me of Bob Saget or something. But <laughs> when I was watching it this past time, I'm like, I actually really like him as a villain. I don't think he's quite as good as he could have been. I think you could have gone a little bit more over the top with him. And it wouldn't have been out of place because I think all, well, three of the four henchmen, you know, Terry Crews, as we said, doesn't get to do a lot. But, like, the other three henchmen all are a lot more over the top and a lot more fun than him. Um, but I think that this movie, the real strength is the villains. I mean, I don't really care so much. I, li- I love Michael Rappaport as an actor. He's been in a lot of great stuff. But I don't really care about him in the movie. It was funny watching this past time. I'm thinking, like, you know, he just died and then the, the, he doesn't show up. The best friend is dead. And nobody even mentions him again. Yes. It doesn't really matter because the villains are good in this. And I would include Tony Goldwyn in that. I, I actually really liked him in this, especially the upcoming scene with him and his clone. Well, again, going back to the fact that I think we mentioned, you know, Arnie loses his best friend. Oh, well, lol. That's fine. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my favorite line of the movie, I, I alluded to it in the introduction. You should clone yourself while you're alive so you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> And I swear, like, is it is there, like, a moment in every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he has to say fuck once? Like, I swear, they just always find... And then, because later on, when he says, when I told you to go screw yourself, I didn't mean for you to take it literally. Yeah. Like, well, that's, that's the rating. You, the you can say one fuck, yeah, but you can't PG-13. say it for a second time. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, we get that scene, we get it all, it's great. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, they've gone back off to the helicopter charter company because that's where he's told them that the sim cording is but of course we find out through watching Arnie's memory after he's been knocked out and put back in the machine that um, real Adam was in the helicopter the whole time and he's there to cause havoc as well dun 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 plot twist well not really a plot twist but it's happening um, so in the meantime uh, Drucker gets shot uh, accidentally by Wiley which leads to a kind of awesome scene coming up when he kills Wiley and he's like, don't bring him back. The, don't bring him he back. He shot me. <laughs> I love that. Um, Clone Arnie sa- saves um, horny Wendy and little shit daughter. D- Terry Crews dies. Blink and you miss it, because I did. I had to rewind to make sure that was Terry Crews dying. Um, that's not because of the cigars, is it? I do like the scene. Like, as much as I, you know, it's all about little shit daughter. I'm scared. No fucking shit, Sherlock. You were kidnapped by bad people. Of course you're going to be scared. Um, I like the bit when he goes to the roof with the, the evil security people and he's like, my little daughter is inside. She sees so much violence in the media. Say to her, have yeah. a nice flight, honey. <laughs> like, I like that bit. I, I had to make a note on that, too, because... It, it almost feels like the writers were trying to take a shot at the media here. It's like, uh, I don't want to expose my daughter to graphic violence. She gets enough of that from the media. Okay, we're watching a movie here. This isn't the media. We're watching a movie where you have severed legs, <laughs> severed necks, um, a lot of people getting shot, the same characters dying over and over again. 
and you're the, the, there's all this violence in the media. It's just awful. <laughs> it's all the media's fault. Yeah, absolutely. Screw the media. Well, that, that's clearly why when it came down to it um, that Roger Spottiswood did Tomorrow Never Dies because it's all about evil media. Um, yeah. So clearly he has a vendetta here. Um, I don't know if we got that in Stop and My Mum Will Shoot. Uh, the hidden message is <laughs> It's the media that the mum is trying to shoot. <laughs> yeah. So um, is that is that so? That's clone Arnie flying his family to safety. Um, real Arnie is swimming with the bodies. Um, Drucker is trying to clone himself because he's dying. He's he somehow knows medicine. He's like, I will be dead in twenty minutes. Um, and this is the scene I was talking about, and maybe I would have to go back and watch it again. But I mean, I've seen this movie so many times. I think I catch by now. He mentions something about having to get the SIM cording done in the cloning process quickly. Mm. And it's not like somebody's like, well, we all have 12 hours if I do die. It's like, we have to get this now. And I think that what they were talking about was needing this SIM cording so it would be up to date at that moment. If you don't have that, then he won't have any memory of any of this. Mm. Which is why I think that this whole thing about, oh, well, here's the SIM cording of how I died before, even though I didn't have a scan. I don't understand it. That's that's a good point, actually. So, yeah, and then, like, when he gets brought back, he still had memories that he wouldn't know. So, like, I mean, when he's dying, what if mm. Druck is thinking about, oh, remember that girlfriend I had in year 12? God, I miss her. Like, I mean, he hasn't had that recorded. Like, he's come back to life and doesn't remember a poor year 12 girlfriend. Um, Arnie, this is another, again, getting technical with the cloning, I was saying about, like, how do you get the body size and all that. What if you, like, fucked up and you're the wrong button on the computer and then they put like Drucker's memory and all that into a woman's body and like he comes back like with boobs like yeah <laughs> is that just the easy way for transgender people to like you know do it just go through the cl- well <laughs> it's funny this is where well, it was like earlier where Sarah Winter was saying is like oh I got it. you know how much it costs to do my hair and I got to pierce my ears again but with the repets they clearly said it's like we could do whatever you want we can you know match it uh, coat to to you know, color coordinate with your daughter. We can make its teeth like they can do all this stuff. So why can't they make her hair come out a different color? That's you true. know, I don't understand that. I'm just I'm scared to live in 2015 in this world because can you imagine like the bright yeah. pink dogs that are just walking around and just like all the freaky color styles of cats <laughs> that we've got. I wake up every night. Uh, in cold sweats, just in fear of what will happen when we eventually do get to 2015. <laughs> Nacho-flavoured bananas. <laughs> Horny Wendy Cruises. The XFL? <laughs> yeah. The XFL? Not the XFL! Johnny Phoenix! Ah! Stop! The terror! <laughs> I've written here. Uh, we, I mean, things get destroyed, so he's 84% complete, the clone of Drucker, because Arnie's blowing shit up and killing, you know, killing people, taking numbers, all that sort of stuff. But I've, I've written here in the scene where the helicopter, the clone Arnie's landed with Wendy. Take her to your mother's. I've written, little shit daughter. Come with us, daddy. Like, his poor little daughter scared wants dad to come with. And I've written, she's a little shit. I've, I've really, I've jumped the shark on my own I notes. Just, <laughs> I, I just love that uh, the, the new version, like we had the, I might be back. So they felt like instead of get to the choppers, get to your mothers. <laughs> yeah, like, where's all these, again, throwbacks? Get out of the chopper. Go to your mothers. <laughs> I'm going back in the chopper now. <laughs> so many missed opportunities. Um, so, yeah, basically we now get the, the conclusion. 
and Arnie's killing people, um, going after Drucker. Drucker, and I like the bit when it, the clone Drucker comes up, and then you know previous Drucker is there, <laughs> um, and he's like, "You're not even going to wait till I die," and he's like, "Would well, you?" Like that's awesome. Yeah. That's like evil right I there. I love that. Yeah, that's what. That's the moment where I'm like, "All right, I don't mind Tony Goldwyn anymore." Yeah. It's just it's. It really sells his character because the whole time it's just business as usual, and it doesn't even bother him. Like we saw, you know, Schwarzenegger earlier getting really uneasy about the idea of killing a clone of himself, and then not being able to kill a clone of himself and everything, and even not being able to clone a dog. And here's this guy who's so desensitized to it that he will sit there and watch himself die. What's even more funny about this scene to me is that he basically takes the clothes off of his dead body to put on, but does not put on the underwear. So the whole time I'm watching this, I'm thinking about this grotesque half-clone that's sitting there wearing a full suit with no underwear. All slimy and commando. (laughs) (laughs) And how does he not, like, we see that scene when he looks in the mirror and he's all like, oh my god, I'm ugly. Like... Can he not feel that? He's kind of all gooey and he's got, like, weird hair. And I mean, he just put clothes on himself, and as you said. Like, wouldn't he realise that he's... Why doesn't he take the glasses? Like, <laughs> did he come up with corrected vision, but the rest of him got screwed up? And did he accidentally give himself cystic fibrosis? <laughs> like, did he... T- <laughs> <laughs> Everything was in such a rush. Like, you know, I'm sure that's kind of like a, a saved template when he clones people. This is what cystic fibrosis looks like when it is in the yes, adult phase. Exactly. This isn't the children phase anymore. This this is the part of the movie where I'm honestly watching it going, Arnold Schwarzenegger is nothing more than a Jesus fundamentalist. He is, he is trip at this point because now he's basically taking it into his own hands to blow up a building, kill countless innocents of people who are on the other floors just to, to watch. I mean, is, is Arnold Schwarzenegger the be-all and end-all to decide that cloning isn't right? Like, I mean... This is this is my well, point with this in movie. In all fairness, the flip side of the argument is sitting there watching himself die and not batting an eye, <laughs> and you're more concerned with Schwarzenegger trying to save his family. But I mean, it's 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 kind of strange because he blows up with his rainforest war bomb. I mean, initially, <laughs> initially he's ready. He'll go. <laughs> initially, he's ready to just escape and like let Drucker and everyone die. You know, we get the climax, uh, you know, Drucker kind of comes up and he's trying to stop him, and then all of a sudden the helicopter chases him, he jumps on the glass, he falls through, he dies. Can I just point out, he had plenty of time to jump off that panel of glass onto the next one. He shouldn't have died, Drucker, you're dumb. I was I was thinking about the very famous um, physically impossible task that Orlando Bloom performs in the Hobbit movies, where he's on a collapsing bridge and he runs across the collapsing blocks. I'm like, he could have jumped off those shards of glass and got himself back up there. Um, but yeah, so he dies. Honey gets on himself, <laughs> escapes on the helicopter, yells, come on, come on, lots of times. I've written here, I got to the chopper. <laughs> so, should have said that. And there should have been a romantic kiss between them. They've saved each other. <laughs> You know, there's the plot line. Arnie making out. You've been heavily influenced by Better Than Chocolate in (laughs) your, uh... But then your movie takes. He flies off. His rainforest war bomb has landed on some oxygen tanks. Somehow that can blow up an entire building. And again, 
we've been way too nitpicky here because in the next scene, they're back in the headquarters. They're talking out. They're going their separate ways. Thank you for letting me see my family. Your DNA came back normal. You know, happy ending. Yay. He's off to Patagonia. Great. But, like, can we not just realise Arnold Schwarzenegger has just blown up a building in downtown (laughs) Denver? He has been... He's a terrorist. Where are the police... They would have seen him. They would have. There would have been so many clues tying him to this. Yeah. I mean, the guy who blew up the building in Oklahoma City. I mean, how he got the death penalty. I'm sure <laughs> that like Arnold's killed countless that's of why, innocents. Why is he getting away with it? Yeah, that's why he's one of them is smart enough to leave. Like we said. Why is he not objecting to the fact? It's like you have to leave your family now. He's like, okay, I'm all right with that. The reason is because this is the smart one. He's getting off and leaving the continent. He's leaving the real Adam there to take the fall. Can we just point out, in society's eyes, Michael Drucker and Replacement Technologies have done nothing. None of this has gotten to the media. It's only Arnold that knows this. So in the eyes of the... Because he shot me the evidence when he's shooting all the SIM cording. Exactly. So in the eyes of the world, all that has happened... Is Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> has blown up an innocent company's building who are saving lives by cloning fish, creating new organs. <laughs> like, this this is to me the biggest plot hole in the movie is that he gets away with being a terrorist. Uh, yeah, but, like, come on, he's so cool. <laughs> Even Mr. Freeze. Batman and Robin got into trouble more. (laughs) And I also like that if you watch the ending closely, he never clued in his wife. I understand not your daughter, but he never clued in his wife that there was this other clone there because he shows up at the house acting completely normal and it's the the other one because we saw him with the cat. So um, is this last scene the clone Adam pretending like... Oh hey, I'm you know completely normal. Uh, I'm a regular Adam, and let me just have this one moment before I leave. And and also, as horny as Wendy Crewson is, wouldn't she want to know there's two Arnie so she can do them both at the same time? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This is a dream. Don't keep the woman in the dark. She has needs. Exactly. Uh, the one ending the movie with perfectly little shit daughter moment. Arnold Schwarzenegger comes home with a cat in a box, gives it to his daughter. His daughter says, can we keep her? I want an Arnold Schwarzenegger to turn around and be like, no shit, honey, I just brought it home to tease you. I'm going to take it away now. Like, you really hate this girl, don't you? I do. I, I want Simpow Cindy back. Screw you, Clara. Um, and the, the movie ends, in case you missed the whole thing, let's rewind the whole movie in speedy succession, um, just in case you missed it. That's the sixth day. I think we got through it all. <laughs> and somehow we failed to mention the best one line in the movie is like, why can't anyone stay dead anymore? <laughs> yeah. oh, so I guess now we can go over our our overall thoughts. We'll get to our final rating, I guess, a bit soon. But, uh, I mean... Did, did anybody else there ever think that there could be a two-hour-plus podcast on the sixth day with Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> well, we might have just created history right now. <laughs> um, but, I mean, do you have any other thoughts to add? That, anything that we haven't mentioned before? I guess we can pick out a, a, a Hall of Fame scene or sort of some moments that we feel are the best and worst in this movie? Um, I mean... Like I said, when this first came out, I was uh, everybody's everybody's stupid when they're a teenager. Let's be honest. <laughs> but 
a lot of these things didn't bother me, and I just thought this was like the coolest sci-fi movie I'd seen in a long time. Um, I think the one thing in retrospect, looking back on it this most recent time that I was slightly disappointed with was obviously Arnold had a lot more limited uh, functions as far as the action goes, because if you watch this, he doesn't do a lot as an action star in this, um, and it would be nice to have seen a younger Schwarzenegger do this, but I mean, he's so much fun to watch in everything he does. Like you mentioned, the scene with the dog is great. And I mean, it's a fun movie and it's a really interesting story. And it's one of those movies that maybe you can kind of imagine, you know, in a better world, this could have been a great movie, but that doesn't change the fact that it's still a lot of fun. I mean, the fact we covered more than two hours and there wasn't one second we weren't laughing. I mean, we're laughing at it, but we're also laughing at parts that we're supposed to be laughing with it. And we should, we should mention this was one of his last starring roles he did in a movie before he entered politics. I mean, he only did after this uh, Collateral Damage Collateral and damage. Terminator 3 were basically his starring yeah. roles. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think maybe at this point too, he's probably got his mind on politics and everything. So, yeah, I mean, it's, look, as, yeah, we, we, we both really enjoy this movie. I think a lot of people probably listen to this podcast and go, do they actually like these movies? Because they really <laughs> rip shit into them. But I mean, we do. It's no different to when we've done 007 over the years. Download now via iTunes. Um, you know, like, we're here to, quote, entertain. We are, quote, comedic geniuses. Um, but, you know, like, even as I just said, at the end of the day, plot hole, he's a terrorist. I'm still enjoying the movie. I don't give a shit. I mean, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. He could, like, he could be that pedophile I mentioned at the beginning of the movie. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, I mean, maybe not that. That's wrong. But um, <laughs> a pedophile that cures cancer, it really makes you think. Um, but <laughs> there's a movie that's never getting filmed. Um, Anyway, uh, before... Yeah, I'll just quickly... Shut up, Ben. Before we... Very quickly. Let's move on. <laughs> before we get to... Let's, I should quickly mention, uh, in terms of box office performance, now we said that this was a bit of a bomb. Well, it kind of was, at least domestically. Uh, the, the budget was $82 million and only made $34 million uh, in the US. Um, it kind of caught up a little bit foreign 61 million around the world so it made 96 million in total so i mean it technically made its money back uh, and i'm sure after this podcast people will be going to buy it and that will easily make their money back but i mean you got to think an arnold schwarzenegger movie making 34 million dollars um that's pretty poor yeah i mean and considering I think we have end of days before this, which, you know, was considered a disappointment at doing around just under a hundred million. And you have collateral damage following this, which made twice as much. I mean, that's like, again, close to a hundred million. And I think between those three movies, I mean, by far the sixth day is the most entertaining. And I would love to hear somebody's argument for collateral damage as a stronger movie than the sixth day. And it's, it's interesting looking at his grosses in terms of his films and, you know, all of that that you were just kind of mentioning. And, I mean, this apparently is his 23rd highest grossing film. Now, you've got to look at some of the movies here that are ahead of this. And some of these I can't even say I've heard of. Red Heat. Um, Junior. We're doing that in Guilty Pleasures. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger pregnant. That's all you need to know. <laughs> um, as you said, collateral damage. I mean, even something like Last Action Hero, which was generally considered a bit of a flop. But, I mean, that still made $50 million, And that opened up against things like Jurassic Park. 
you know, so, I mean, Twins. Twins made $111 million. Twins was huge, <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, uh, reviews-wise on Rotten Tomatoes, 41%. So, I mean, it's it's not that it's, I think, perceived as a terrible film. It was just kind of a middle-of-the-range film. And, it, like, as you said... It, if people out there ever do read the reviews, I think the other thing is that you're never going to find any, like, glowing reviews for this. The, the positive reviews are mostly... Yeah, it's it's fairly interesting and it's fairly entertaining all around as a you know Schwarzenegger action movie. But I mean, I, I think it's it's worth a second look for anybody who hasn't seen it in a while. And in terms of, I mean, we mentioned the awards, uh, the Razzies. It was actually nominated for uh, a couple of Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror films, uh, including Best Actor for Arnold Schwarzenegger, Best Science Fiction <laughs> Film, Best Makeup, and Best Special Effects. And uh, Sarah Winter was also nominated, too, for a Cinescape Genre Face of the Future Award. Clearly, they were good at predicting that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. All right. There we go. Uh, Okay. So, I guess, what scene? I mean, Hall of Fame scenes. I don't think we've knuckled this down completely in terms of what we're calling this, but uh, the best, worst scenes... Discuss. What What are your favourites? What are your least favourites? What works? What doesn't? Um, I mean, if, if we're... I think we go beyond the scenes and what really works about this movie, I think, first of all, is any scenes where clones are interacting. <laughs> you know, whether it be any of the scenes with the Adam clones or even the Tony Goldwyn clones on the end, I love that. Um, things that don't work in the movie... Um, th- I don't know. Is there is there, maybe some of the action scenes weren't as strong as they could have been, but all around, there's not really anything here that I dislike. Uh, we made fun of a lot, but even the things we made fun of is still uh, is still entertaining. Little shit daughter is worst. Uh, <laughs> 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 I agree with you. I think, yeah. I mean, there really isn't something. You know, there's no um iceberg melting surfing scene that you're just like oh that's terrible like it's just there's nothing really that completely stands out and you know like we've mentioned a lot of our lines and favorite bits and things along the way that really kind of that work and i mean it's just ultimately at the end of the day it's it's a fun film that i mean it's kind of one of these forgotten ones really when you talk about arnold schwarzenegger you talk about his great movies i don't think you're ever going to have somebody like i love the sixth day like it's yeah. you know not unless you're either of us <laughs> exactly so i mean it's kind of sad that it's been forgotten i guess over these it be, it's one of these ones i feel that should get that cult status that after a while everyone's like oh god that's such an underrated movie and maybe the day that a human is cloned in real life this movie gets revisited i don't know maybe one day when we finally get to 2015 <laughs> Yes. I don't, I don't think this is one of those ones on the reboot pile that is often, you know, <laughs> we're going to reboot this with Idris Elba. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not exactly there. Um, so I guess, really, I mean, what's our overall thought of it? Are we going to... Do we do we put it on the shelf in the bin or are we renting it? What are we doing with this movie? Uh, you know, I'm not going to go so crazy. I have it on my shelf, but I'm not going to lie. I think the copy that I bought originally, which was on VHS, I paid a lot of money for. Uh, the copy I have now on DVD, I waited until it was more of a bargain. So if I were to put this in any category, I'd probably say it's worth a rent. Yeah, I'd probably go with that because, I mean, again, it's funny when we came up with the idea of doing this as well. It was like, 
you know, as soon as you mention it, you're like, oh, I love that movie. But it's also like, as we've both, I think, each said, like, we hadn't seen it in ages. It's not one of these ones that mm-hmm. if it's on your shelf, you're like, every year I've got to at least watch it once. You can you can go five, ten years without watching it. Somebody say, remember that movie about cloning? The sixth day, I love it. Let's watch it. You know, like, it's, yeah. I- the one with Bruce Willis and the little boy that he talks to ghosts. <laughs> yes. I love that movie. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think, I think on the, uh, rent it. Yeah, why not? Let's mm-hmm. go to our local Blockbuster and, and rent it. <laughs> <laughs> the first time Blockbuster has been mentioned on a podcast since 2012. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. The sixth day in our guilty pleasures section. Uh, this is why I love this category because, I mean, these movies are kind of awesome and <laughs> they need more credit even though we've just shat all over them for the most part. Yes. Yes. <laughs> awesome. We're all talked out. Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonations are done. Uh, stay up to date with everything. Remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and uh, feedback. Always appreciated. Rate us, like us. You know the drill. Um, that's generally what happens at the end of these episodes. But uh, in the meantime, thank you for listening to the Oz Network. And cool. And wait, are we doing our names? This is all clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, sorry. My name is Ben. Cool. (laughs) That works. (laughs) And I'm Colin, and I don't want to be your mommy. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. 